right. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I thought we'd start off with a bit of music. Uh, kind of important that we do to get ourselves in the mood because today is a pretty cray-cray day. And what we have to first think about is as a people going into this, going into this uncharted, these uncharted waters of showing the world the fraud, showing the world how they operated. I, yesterday when I was with Millie, I said, huh, he's won. This was one of the biggest landslides ever. They created the illusion that it was a tight race. We all know that's rubbish. We all know there's no way in any way that indeed <laughs> he had any chance of winning. There is no way he did. And let's be honest, we are the news, the people reporting, using their phones, pulling it out, asking questions are the news. The mainstream media is obsolete, completely obsolete. And that is what, as a citizen, your duty is to get in there and get your hands dirty because you love your nation like this man. That's exactly what we have been doing lately. Yes. But the problem is we can't tell you, we have to show you. Now, let's be honest. You're seeing it now, aren't you? You're seeing it with your own eyes. There's nothing. I mean, even the leftists now know that they're stealing the elections. Even the ones that hate the president, that loathe the president, that break out in a rash when they hear or see the president, <laughs> they know too. They definitely know. But see, the thing is, we did too. We did as well. We knew what their plan was. We destroyed their electronic voting machine plan last year. Huh. We let them. We were watching paying attention to everything. And the smart people, they put in some insurance plans just to make sure, just to be sure that the people that are working for us that are supposed to be protecting our elections aren't dilly-dallying in things that they shouldn't and aren't wearing hats that they shouldn't. So, I mean, the one thing you can't change is something tangible. So before we begin today's show, I thought I'd share with you a video uh, that I found that talks about how we as Christians should think about voting and participating. Because the one thing that is a common theme is people saying, well, I don't vote. I mean, they're all rubbish. What's the point? No one's going to listen to me. Why should I do anything? Well, there's a reason you should participate. It is a failure in you as a person if you don't. So I found this video that I'm going to share with you guys that was uh, uh, quite nicely put. I really, really enjoyed it. So let's get to playing that video, which I think you're going to like. Um, let's see how do we change my little software here. There we go. And... Hmm. Nope. Wrong one. There we go. All right, guys. Here we go. Let me play this for you. 
Orthodox Ethos podcast. I am an Orthodox Christian. Should I vote? And if I should, for who? Okay, so before I continue this, I wanted to say the St. Paisios used to be monk Father Paisios. I actually got to hang out with him as a kid. I spent hours with him on like a, my, I went with my aunts and, and some uncles and I actually spent hours with him as a child. Um, and we just laid out, you know, on the mountainside on the grass and we were just, you know how you, you just put your hands behind your, your head and you're just staring into the sky and talking. We had the best conversations, the best conversations. So, um, I want you guys to listen to his very wise words, which now after his death, obviously, was sainted. One more times, if a pious Christian was involved in public life, he probably wasn't too well. They would have considered him crazy. Today, it is the opposite. If a pious person isn't concerned and pained by the way things are in the world, he is the one who has lost his mind. St. Paisios the Athenite. Today, you cannot stand indifferent to the public square. You cannot leave matters to the powers that be as if they are benevolent and working for our good. There are many national and international leaders who are clearly opposed to the faith and to the vision and to the ethos of the Orthodox Church, to the sanctity of life, and man as made in God's image, to the integrity of the faith family, and to the purity of the youth. Taking part in taking a stand today, witnessing to the truth in society as an expression and confession of our faith in Christ is an expression of love for our neighbor and for our Lord. St. Paisios the Athenite says elsewhere, too many Christians don't want to take on and remove an evil in society so as to maintain their peace and quiet, the status quo. This means that they have no love. But later we see these same people working hard for their own interests. That is why a certain spirit reigns today. With so-and-so, we need to have good relations, so he will say good things about us. With others, we need to have it good so he doesn't drag us through the mud and so on. And others keep silent. They don't talk for fear. They will write about them in the newspapers. And elsewhere, the great elder and saint of our day says concerning voting. <clears throat> I just wanted to say, St. Paisios passed away in the 90s. So these are words that he spoke then. Uh, he was quite prophetic. Uh, he st said a lot of things. And I guess maybe I was biased when I saw the clues that he let me in in regards to that great war, uh, which would involve Russia and Turkey. And um, I can tell you what, that there have been many a generals that have visited with him back in the 70s, 80s, and um, getting his counsel. 
I, I kid you not on that one. So his words is what I wanted you to listen to. Um, just how important it is as someone, uh, and, and for those of you that are Christian or just even even if you're agnostic, Muslim, um, you know, uh, you know, Jewish, whatever, in your religion you have that obligation to um, invest and be active in your community. And I think he says it best here. Vote for the one you believe is the best, the one who loves God and our country. And people would always give the same reply. They're all the same, Father. So he added, well, look here. All olive trees are the same. All of them are affected by the same disease called dacos. However, some are affected 100% by it. Others, 80%. Others, 50%. Since we are in need of olive trees, we have to look for the ones that are affected the least. When we go to vote, we should always bear in mind two things. How much the candidate loves God and is thus a conscious member of the church, and how much he loves his country and looks solely after its interest and not his own. If someone uses another criterion to vote, he is acting out of self-interest and is not behaving like a true Christian. Later on, divine justice will allow him to pay for his mistake. So taking the criteria laid down by the great elder and saint and with some changes, applying it to the situation in America, which is different than Greece where he was living and of which he was speaking, we can easily come to see, first of all, for whom we should, at least we can figure this out, for whom we should not vote. Orthodox Christians obviously cannot support corrupt politicians who lie and use their power to become rich. And, in addition to this, those who want the government to force Christian homeless shelters, adoption agencies, and other charities to endorse same-sex marriage, transgender identity, and experimental cross-sex drugs and surgeries. But there's much more today. Orthodox Christians cannot vote for those who aggressively promote abortion and sub support a law which has allowed for the murder of 60 million human beings since it was passed in 1973, so, or rather decided upon by the Supreme Court. Those who support abortion for any reason, or no reason, up to end, believe it or not, for some, even beyond the moment of birth. Or those who want the government to fund abortions, who will force Americans to pay for this gravest, grievous sin. Those who support physician-assisted suicide, we cannot support such a politician. Those who endorse same-sex marriage as on par with true marriage, undermining in this way Christian morality and furthering the de-Christianization of society. Furthermore, we cannot support and vote for those who advocate for the repeal of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act which promotes the religious conscience rights, rather protects the religious conscience rights of health care workers who decline to assist with abortions, 
and protects Christian adoption agencies, which choose to place babies only with heterosexual couples. Those who, are, who support the repeal of this, we cannot support. Or those who support the Obamacare mandate requiring religious ministries to provide contraceptive and abortifacient drugs to their employees, despite that this would force them to trample upon their conscience as Orthodox Christians and their Christian faith. Those who are for implementing a nationwide lockdown, if the science demands it, so they say, a lockdown which would, to be sure, once again mandate the closing of Orthodox churches. Or those who claim that the Orthodox Christian understanding of sexuality and gender is rank discrimination and thus walk in step with a radical pro-LGBT Orwellian Equality Act and they cannot be recipient of our support. Or those who sound positive and inclusive. That is, they say they want protections for people and want to fight discrimination, but by their actions, they show that this rhetoric is deceptive. They're twisting the notion of discrimination in order to force Christians to violate their beliefs. And those who aim to force transgender ideology on the American people, the same people who want to sign legislation that will force Christian schools and ministries to hire people who oppose their religious convictions on sexuality and gender. The laws will also force these ministries, which hold that God created humans male and female, to open women's sports and women's restrooms to biological males, to refer to biological males by female pronouns if they identify as female, and to pay for transgender surgery in their healthcare plans. Yet again, we cannot vote for those who not only pledge to fight religious freedom at home, but they pledge to make America into a global force of enforcement of the extreme agenda of the neo-Marxists, which seeks to decimate the Christian vision of man and pressure Orthodox Christian countries into denying their faith and their anthropology, their whole vision of man. And those who are for cancel culture, even on the Supreme Court, and demonize those who oppose the extreme LGBT agenda, or those who brand conservative Christian nonprofits hate groups due to their beliefs on marriage and sexuality, listing them along with the Ku Klux Klan, or those who single out those who adhere to traditional religious beliefs and moral convictions, aiming to limit their ability to live by their conscience and ostracizing them from polite society. Or those politicians who describe opponents of the radical LGBT agenda as the dregs of society. Yet again, we cannot vote for those who support and are supported by outspoken socialist and Marxist forces and would open the door to making America into a socialist society. And those who are largely silent before the rioting and burning of buildings by Marxist anarchical mobs 
in many American cities. We cannot vote for any of these politicians. Consider the lessons of history. Whenever and wherever socialism has sought to gain a footing, it has led a charge against and persecuted terribly the Orthodox Christians and the Orthodox Church. We have a host of millions of martyrs in the 20th century, which testifies to the destruction which comes in the wake of socialists and Marxists coming to power. Socialism and Marxism inevitably leads to totalitarianism, where the government takes the place of God in the lives of its subservient citizens. Let us remember the years leading up to the Russian Revolution and the prophetic voices which called the nation, Russia and other countries, to repentance. It was 120 years ago that the great wonder worker, St. John of Kronstadt, among many others in the church at the time, stood prophetically calling the people of Russia to repentance and calling out the godless Marxist socialist leadership. Listen to what was said of St. John and how he stood, not indifferent, but actively opposing the zeitgeist of his day. Being himself an image of meekness and humility, love for every person, irrespective of nationality or religion, St. John adopted an attitude, nonetheless, of great indignation towards those godless, materialistic, and liberal trends which subverted the faith of the Russian people and sabotaged Russia's thousand-year-old government. Subsequent events of the bloody Russian Revolution and the triumph of the godless and inhumane Bolshevism showed just how right was the great saint of the Russian land in his warnings and prophetic visions. St. John himself wrote and preached, quote, Russia, if you fall away from your faith, as many of the intellectual class have already fallen away, you will no longer be Russia or Holy Russia. And if there be no repentance in the Russian people, then the end of the world is near. God will take away the pious czar and will send a whip in the person of impious, cruel, self-appointed rulers who will inundate the whole earth with blood and tears. How prophetic were the words of the great wonder worker. He saw it all coming. The people would not listen. People did not repent sufficiently. Brothers and sisters, if we are not in pain for the state of the country and the world, we are in a spiritual coma. We are teetering on the edge of anarchy, or rather simply insanity, according to the words of St. Paisios. If a pious person isn't concerned and pained by the way things are in the world, he is the one who has lost his mind. We must ask God for more love, even as the spiritual, moral, and even political upheaval of American life is at the doors. 
It is the 11th hour. We will all give an account before God if we are passive, if we are indifferent, if we are fearful of what the others will say. Unless we sincerely repent, unless we fall on our knees and we beg God for mercy, and as an expression of this repentance, we express our love for our country by going to at least cast a vote for a candidate who at least respects God and Christians and shows love for his country, or at least for one who is, according to St. Paisios, affected the least by the disease of the day, by the zeitgeist of the age, by the spirit of the world, which is the spirit of Antichrist. May God have mercy on America and bless her to keep socialism at bay and continue to be a safe and peaceful place for Orthodox Christians to work out their salvation. So that was a pretty awesome uh, statement uh, by him. I, you know, just passed through it. It's um, a channel. Let me subscribe to it with this YouTube channel, um, The Orthodox Ethos. Uh, he put it very, uh, he stated it very well. And as a priest, obviously, he condemns same sex. Except I don't, uh, our, I know our church has will not turn away anyone but they will not allow them to have a marriage in a church uh, and and that's basically their guidelines but I have no problem with people seeking happiness I have no problem with anyone uh, you know fulfilling their life the way they want to because that is the epitome of love and God, which is we have our own free will and we choose to love as we wish. Now, it is important that we understand this because once you understand that we have a praying president and just like St. Paisios, and I keep calling him Father Paisios says, you have to choose the one that's less corrupt. And we actually had this conversation when I was referring to friends because I was an awkward child and uh, I, I guess, you know, I was extremely mature for my age, but just because I was a nerd, but he, um, I had asked him, you know, how do I make friends? I mean, the people that I can relate to are like 20, 30, 40, 50, like, what do I do? Uh, how do I find people that I can socialize with? And he said, you know, socialization is, is the equivalent of your ability to carry a conversation with people. And we have to understand, he, he said to me, just like you see all the trees on the mountain, uh, every single uh, plant on the mountain can have a conversation and coexist with the big trees, the little trees, all the trees. And there has to be a happy medium where you understand that with the big trees, you speak big tree language. With the grass, you speak grass language. And, and you know, I was a kid. Okay, I was a kid when I met him and uh, I was quite impressed with his answer. But one thing he did tell me is when you meet someone, think of the love they have for God. And that is how you do it. That is how, you know, your friendship can be 
uh, a good one. And if you uh, enter into all relationships, business, uh, you know, the way uh, you engage as a citizen of your community in voting, because, you know, um, a there were a lot of there was a lot of turmoil uh, in the late 80s and the early 90s uh, in respects to the politics in Greece at the time. And the discussion of entering the EU was huge. So um, this is where he was taking it for me. And he said, that's what you always have to look at. Do they love God? Do they um, show appreciation for God? And from there, you can measure a person's ability to love you and be straight with you. Now, I know, uh, you know, I struggle with this because I actually spoke with a priest's wife who actually said to me, I believe Joe Biden can bring people together. And I looked at her and I said, how can you, as an Orthodox Christian even, right, even think of dropping a ballot for a party that promotes infanticide, you know, elder side, abortion. Yeah, you know, that's not true. See, this is where we go to the point of having gone over that, you know, that, that, that threshold where you're completely demoralized. So, you know, this is where real sin happens for those that, you know, pray and are supposedly, uh, very, um, into their, their, their religion and supposedly, uh, walk the path of God. That's not the path of God. I don't care how you decorate it. And, and it's not the path of a moral human being, period. You cannot support the death of anything and say that you have morality. That's the thing. So today we're going to have, oh, well, it's already started, some crazy happenings. The president has declared Pennsylvania... And we're going to go through a few things so you can understand how much preparation was done and how much is coming. So there was a live, um, there was a live broadcast with my favorite Rick Grinnell uh, in Las Vegas. And I want us to hear what they said. Uh, it's quite important. And their announcement, uh, was extremely eye opening. Uh, I was, uh, pretty shocked at what they found. So let's uh, take a listen to that. Good morning. I'm Adam Laxalt. I am a former Navy and Iraq veteran and the former top law enforcement officer of this state. I care deeply about both the rule of law and voter integrity, like the rest of Nevadans and Americans. And we warned for the last few weeks that we could end up in a situation where Nevada decides the fate of the presidency. We warned that the Democrats changed this election system. They gave us mail-in ballots. And despite the fact that there are examples of thousands of ballots being mailed across this valley in trash cans and apartment buildings, people getting as many as 18 ballots to their homes. We knew these, these rolls were unclean and we were told that signatures would save us from all fraud. But to date, we still have not been able to observe these signatures or, or meaningfully challenge 
a single mail-in ballot out of hundreds of thousands of casts. We firmly believe that there are many voters in this group of mail-in people that are not proper voters. In the last many days, we have received reports of many irregularities across the valley. We, we, we believe that there are dead voters that have been counted. We are also confident that there are thousands of people whose votes have been counted that have moved out of Clark County in the, during the pandemic. Today, we have a voter, Jill Stokey, who was denied access to vote. She showed up to vote and she was told someone had already cast her ballot and she was denied the opportunity to vote. We are filing in federal district court here in Las Vegas. We're asking for emergency relief, a TRO and injunctive relief. We're asking the judge to, due to all of these irregularities, to stop the counting of improper votes. Thank you. The courts of Nevada, can you wait? Look, the reality is, is that transparency is not political. Ballots are not automatically legal votes until they're checked. We are not being allowed to check. The Harry Reid machine recklessly threw ballots into the mail, and now we cannot check whether or not there are non-residents, which we have evidence, publicly available evidence, that you all in the media should be also looking at. It's publicly available. Do you know what he's telling you right here? That it's publicly available? Do you know what he's telling you? That's right. We are the news. The mainstream media and the brands are completely obsolete. Do you hear him? We are the news because it would be extremely wrong, as St. Picio said, to not participate in your community. That is insanity, waiting for others to do things. But the thing is, we can't tell you that. We have to show you that. And you are now seeing that. Now, there's no question in your mind that they're corrupt, they're evil, and they will stop at nothing to maintain power. Now, there is no, oh, I don't know. I mean, that sounds a little bit far-fetched. Far-fetched. <laughs> Wait till you'll see what comes out. Information that non-residents have voted. There is a 30-day residency requirement in the state of Nevada. If you haven't been in the state for 30 days, it is illegal to vote. Reporters have a responsibility. The fact is we are filing this federal lawsuit to protect legal voters. It is unacceptable in this country to have illegal votes counted. And that is what's happening in the state of Nevada. We've asked Clark County for answers. They have no answers. They continue to count illegal votes. That is unacceptable. And it's giving legal people a sense that the system is corrupt. We have to have a system 
where legal votes are cast. What the Harry Reid machine has done is throw out recklessly ballots, and now they don't want us to check those ballots, and we are seeing discrepancies all over. We are asking Clark County to give us answers. All of your questions about the details are legitimate questions and they should be asked of Clark County because the Clark County officials are silent. They are not giving us any answers and they continue to count these illegal votes. Ballots versus legal votes. That's what we're talking about. It is unacceptable in this country. The, pres the, the, pre the presidency is literally in the breach. Listen, you're here to take in information, okay? We'll do your job, it's pretty easy. Do a Google pre the thank, thank you all for turning out. The, the, thank you all for turning out. The presidency literally hangs in the balance. And what the fundamental principle is here is that we want to be able to make sure that the counting that occurs and that the results that happen can be respected by every American voter across this land and truly across the world. If you're not allowed in to see the process, both sides and all of you in the media, so that there is transparency, so that there's meaningful observing of these ballots, that calls into question what those results will be. The idea in this country, the idea in America, that we would somehow reduce or limit the ability to have uh, basic insurance that a ballot is a legal ballot, that a ballot is an acceptable ballot, that the person who voted, that we took minimal steps to make sure that there was a signature match, for instance. Those types of, of guarantees need to be in the process. And so we have to understand that what's going on in Nevada impacts what's going on all across this country, which is the American people want to have confidence in the results that are coming out of Nevada. That will occur when we can make a case why every ballot is an acceptable, compliant ballot. Let me, let me, uh, do you want to introduce the, these two or we can have them introduce themselves? These are individuals who uh, have stories of discrepancy. If you want to state your name and briefly uh, what happened, okay, and we won't take any any questions, but you can step up and go right okay, there. Okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Jill Stokey. I went to vote. It was told I already voted. I pursued the matter, and in years past, I always voted in person. This time, they mailed out the ballot, and somebody took my ballot. They also took the ballot of my roommate. I was told by the interviewer from Channel 8 when I said, did other people do this? He said, yes. He said, you're the first double. Thank you. Ms. Stokey, will you spell your name for us, please? S is in Sam, T is in Tom, O-K-K-E. Good morning. I'm uh, Chris Padone. I'm going to give my account uh, what happened. I was here, uh, actually been here for quite a bit and was here with uh, members of the Trump campaign and, and came in a media capacity to obtain content information uh, on election night and unfortunately was uh, stereotyped in that regard. Uh, and you can take for that what, what you may. 
and was not able to obtain any type of access by any means and got a little bit, uh, I guess you can say assertive or aggressive is the word, so to speak. And the question was asked at 1.30 in the morning, why are you here? And our response was, well, it's election night. That's why we're here. And you guys are obviously counting ballots. And it was unique because they said they had an hour and a half left of counting to do. And an official came out uh, who was kind and access to sign documents. And a few moments later, we were asked to leave. Well, I find it ironic we were asked to leave within 10 to 12 minutes when they said they had an hour and a half of counting left to do. And clearly that was an attack, uh, I think, on any type of conservative media or any individual or entity that wanted to have access and cover. And we find it very unique that other outlets are able to uh, have full access, but we were not given any type of access whatsoever. And the question, the validity of uh, my uh, background, or any type of media, any type of experience whatsoever. So that was my personal account and that's it. What, what me, media were you representing, Chris? Let me, um, let me just let me just say this. Um, all of your questions are very good, and they should be asked of Clark County. We don't have access to the information. They are not giving us access to the ballots. Uh, the publicly available information raises a lot of questions, and yet we are not getting answers just like you. We're not going to take any more questions today and i will say that uh, we will have more to say at the end of the day after we file any evidence so all you have to do is ask your questions of clark county and we will make sure that uh, we will continue the pressure on them too thank you very much wow. We want Trump. We want Trump. Yep, they're we not taping Trump. her. We want Trump. Wow, right, guys? So they didn't even let, uh, you know, they were just saying, well, tell us more, tell us more. Totally love Rick Grinnell. He totally slayed, slayed, slayed. Now, where are we at? I mean, okay, so that's Nevada, right? I said, damn, what's going on in Reno? Reno. Something happened there and it's really all up in the air, but they're going full throttle for all of you thinking that it was only the battleground states. Oh, it was really tight. Bullshit. He lost every single state. I would say California too. Everything is rigged. Every single vote was rigged and any machines used, we let them rig it so we can catch them. That's the thing. Sometimes you have to let them do what they've planned to do because we can't tell you. We have to show you because that's the only way people understand what the truth is. You have to see it. You have to see it because when I was looking at the first counts, Illinois was tight and that's Obama land. It was tight in Illinois. We already know who won. We already know what's up. So it's on them now. They've got the problem because they've just pulled their own pants down. But they're thinking, oh, the media is going to cover for us. Sorry, man. We're the news, not you. And what's funny is, is that now they're trying to blame all these, uh, uh, you know, riots and protests on President Trump. I don't see how that works. Here's another thing. The corrupt media. 
So yesterday I was sent some information by a voter in Missouri and a voter in Michigan that happened to be in the ninth district. I was typing up two tweets, but then the ninth district tweet I deleted only because it had private identifying information. So as I was typing up the tweet for Missouri, I left ninth district MI rather than ninth ward MO. And so everyone's like, oh my God, this is totally fake news. And I was like, dude, it was a typo. Like, here's the header from the email from the drop. Like, don't be such a twat. People are smarter than that. They can look up who's on the damn ballot and figure out that it was somewhere else. The bottom line was, the reporting was, hey, they were in the where you vote handing out lists here's the democrat list here is the democrat list so they were trying to undermine my tweet because instead of mo it said mi and that's because i was tweeting like crazy unlike the clowns that were trying to call you this disinformation shut up give more credit to the people they're not that stupid they can look it up and see regardless the person walked in they handed him that he said, well, where's the Republican one? And they said, we don't do that. So, you know, uh, bottom line is they're grasping for straws right now, uh, trying to make sense of who, what, when, where. Um, it's not really going to work. Now, the former attorney general of Nevada held a conference, um, you know, that we saw. Uh, and he was you know, speaking before Rick Grinnell, where he said that there are many voters, you know, and they're not proper voters. And there's a lot of reports of irregularities. Now, again, I stress this. The only reason they made it look like, uh, you know, it was a tight race across the nation, like with a small amount of votes, except for like, you know, super red states. <sighs> is because they wanted to make it more plausible when they steal the others. Every single state with Hawaii was definitely red. We know that. But Hawaii is corrupt. Every single one. Now, we have the CEO of Walmart that came out claiming that whatever Joe Biden's tax plan is, it's dangerous uh, you know, for that, if they were a potential administration. Now, they're not a potential administration. We caught them in the act. There's not going to be a Joe, uh, a Biden-Harris administration in the United States of America <laughs> because they're planning to take it all the way. Take a listen to what he said. Well, the former CEO of Walmart sending out a warning about Joe Biden. Lauren, what's he warning about? Yeah, Bill Simon is saying his policies will slow the economic recovery. He uh, points out tax increases if rates go back up at the individual and at the corporate level, but also taxing capital gains as ordinary income if the Senate can act as a check on a President Biden. That's what Bill Simon is worried about. He's also worried about the regulatory changes that could come and they would certainly be pushed if Joe. No, get in early. All right. What do you mean before he wins the race? We should have had the results November 3rd, you guys. Why are they dilly-dallying? Why is it taking so long? And that's what everyone should ask. There's one presidential election every four years. There's an election every year. How are they not prepared for that? Kind of sounds fake news. How, oh, we just, it's so overwhelming. We just don't have enough. We can't. It's just way too much. Whatever. Come on.
Like seriously, my um, computer is always acting up on me. So uh, we have so much going on; it's insane. It's pure insanity, and it's and and they're grasping for straws. I mean, now they're blaming the riots on President Trump. How are you blaming it on President Trump when you began your hundred day siege in July? This was all planned. We have you dead to rights. We heard you talking about it. We have your names. We have your faces. We have your phone numbers, your texts, your emails, your signal chats, your DMs, the whole nine yards. And what they're trying to do is pull off a fraud. But like I told you in the spring, it is not It is not going to be uh, some uh, big persona that's going to come and tell you, uh, you know, <laughs> the winner is no it's going to be the media and look at them call it look at them call it do you know how many people are going to jail all those clowns that are sitting in there feeding ballots these simple simple people that think that they're doing what they need to do they got paid buku dollars according to their buku dollars because they think four hundred dollars six hundred dollars uh is worth selling out their nation now if we knew about the mail-in ballots, we knew their plan in January, January, what would you do to be able to find them cheating? First of all, you would find uh, the USPS being corrupt, right? You would find that. And here's where Project Veritas, for those of you that have not seen it, uh, let me play it for you, where they got a whistleblower, where the whistleblower pretty much said, we were told to backstamp, backstamp the ballots when we received them. Oh, what? Yes, indeed. So what do we do? First, we make sure we got our eyes on USPS. Second, we make sure that we have our eyes on ensuring that the stupid mail-in ballots that the secretary of states of these corrupt states, these very specific states, was trackable, right? So we gave them the ballots. We gave them the process. We ensured that process, right? Then we reinforced the whole absentee ballot thing. Boom. And then we made sure that the ballots they had were boom. Now, in order to do something like this, you use people that are in the shadows, right? People, you don't know who they are. Maybe you know who they are. And the president won't know. DHS won't know. Because I've told you this before. Let's, let's time travel for a second before we watch um, the video, okay? So when I was in the U.S. Navy, now we're going to time travel. Okay. When I was in the U.S. Navy, I was finishing up my work completely. Um, and I was going to go to my first duty station, uh, and it was an oiler. And so a group of men come. There was no women in that group. And it was the group that I ended up working for as a private contractor. 
Now, after they left and they said, well, we'll take care of how we're going to get you out because I was concerned, look, I have a contract. I can't just leave because if you like leave the military, you can't even get a job at McDonald's. Like, what do I say? I was there for just under a year, did all my schooling, got all 33 NEATs, uh, you know, certs, all the tests for NEATs. I'm, I, I got all of them, one through 33. And even took my classes, um, you know, to advance everything. So, because I was a nerd, right? <laughs> so they leave. That following morning, uh, when we were getting together for muster, I was told at muster that um, I have visitors, and I, and then another group of people came. It was a woman and two men. And they sat down and talked to me and explained to me how they will be in communication with me when they need me. And I will just know. And I was thinking, well, the people yesterday said that, you know, they'll, uh, you know, figure out how they're going to get me out of my naval contract and send me off to where I need to for training. And, um, you know, they're setting up the training at different bases for certain things. And that was it. I mean, so why are you guys here telling me, yeah, we'll get in contact with you when we need you and you'll know. <laughs> it was weird. Turns out, looking back, I know exactly who those three people represented. And I've said this before. There is a massive black budget, black budget hole that nobody knows about. And, you know, it is actually quite scary if you think about it. This black budget is, you know, you don't see anything. The CIA doesn't see it. The ODNI can't see it unless they're aware of it uh, because there is some... I want to say independence in executing certain projects and missions, but there's always paper trail. Well, usually paper trail. Okay. So um, I'm saying that what if, you, I mean, you know that they're going to cheat. So is there a way that you can guarantee that every ballot that was scanned and harvested was actually a ballot and not done by a third party? Now, one might say it's kind of like counterfeit money, right? You use a specific thread, you have to be really good. And you, if you don't have access to that composition, even if you try to reverse engineer it, you can't. And this could be why they started the mail-in ballots very, very early prior to um, the actual time that you needed. So... Um, I'm just saying, I just want to reinforce that because there's a lot of insurance policies that could have been had that were way over the head of that, of even the administration, Department of Homeland Security. I mean, there's tons of little Tories running around everywhere and they see and hear everything from the moon. So uh, I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, maybe if they haven't spoken up and, 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 and throttled into the public sphere, that maybe they've done uh, something in the background. And no matter, you know, you know something about counterfeit money, because I've actually uh, once got counterfeit money from an ATM. So I was, um, I think I was in, uh, in Belgium, actually, and um, I had gone out clubbing. <laughs> Uh, with uh, with the guys, and I wanted to eat their chimichanga. So, uh, the, you know, the the Flemish have, um, you know, their dirty nighttime food is like something that looks like a chimich no, not a chimichanga, like a Jamaican patty, um, and it's filled with other stuff. It's not that good, but it tastes good when you've had a drink. So, um, I. 
uh, go to get it and they wanted cash. So I go to an ATM machine and I pull out 60 euros and I go back so that I can pay. And they told me that the 20 euros bills that I had were counterfeit. And I was like, dude, you just saw me. The ATM's like right in front of you. Um, I had no cash. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to take it up with the bank. So I went to the bank the next morning before our meeting. And I was like, yo, your ATM gave me counterfeit machine, counterfeit money on the machine. There's cameras. You need to, nah, nah, nah. guys, I was out 60 euros. Boom. And that happens all the time because sometimes you're that good, but not that, that good, good enough to funnel that money. We'll talk about money at another time. Um, but not good enough to pass the smell test when looked up close. So these audits are going to be very important because there's going to be a lot coming out. Now, a lot of people are also freaking out about um, the Sharpie gate. So Sharpie gate, the Sharpies are a big deal. Um, it is a very big deal and they're examining the bleed throughs and those that might've been invalid. Okay. But the Sharpie gate website, I just want everyone to know, cause I, I saw a couple of tweets. If you remember correctly back then with the hurricane, President Trump had to use his Sharpie and put it and extended, you know, where the damage is. Do you guys remember that? That was the original Sharpie gate. So that's when Sharpie gate first trended with him, uh, you know, drawing the, the, the chaos of the hurricane uh, with his uh, Sharpie pen. So they called it Sharpie gate because CNN freaked out and they were like, oh, my God, he drew his own map with his own Sharpie. And they all went nuts. Yeah. Um, so that's important to remember. Uh, disinformation is very real and sometimes misinformation is also necessary. Not because we want you to be disinformed, but it's because we want the other people that are looking to believe that you're misinformed. Ergo, they believe that they're in charge, if that makes sense to you. So if you remember uh, yesterday, Corey Lewandowski uh, was in Pennsylvania um, and he uh, was there with Eric Trump and they talked about what Pennsylvania was doing. Well, here's a short clip of him um, speaking that I want you to see. Uh, it's actually quite interesting. Give me a second. Let me get this open. There we go. That they're going to evaluate in Philadelphia, and the people of Philadelphia who are running this election refuse to honor the judge's order. They're continuing to keep us behind white rack. They're continuing not to give us the access to the ballots. This flies in the face of democracy. This flies in the face of the judge's order. And the attorney for the city said they're going to evaluate, Stewart, the judge's order. I don't know how you evaluate a judge's order. It is crystal clear. Take down the barricades and let the people of the legal authority to go inside and observe this process to take place to do so. They have said no. We've now called the county sheriff. There may be a law enforcement requirement here, Stuart, in Philadelphia, and the people... Now, let me tell you something. Space Force. Space Force! Do you know that we've probably... I'm just going to hypothetically say allegedly we may be able to have eyes in there because there's flies on every single wall. I was a fly on a wall. So I can tell you that what they're doing is trying to change valid ballots with invalid state of the ballot. Um, as you can see here on Twitter, President Trump is being censored a lot. 
a lot. And what does that tell you? Think what is what does the censorship tell you? You know, um, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty interesting. Pretty interesting on how these things are gonna pan out. Listen to what Corey Lewandowski had said on Dobbs. And joining us tonight from Philadelphia is Corey Lewandowski, 2016 Trump campaign advisor, senior advisor to the 2020 Trump campaign, great American. Corey, uh, it's a mess in Philadelphia. Uh, the president is insisting, no matter what it takes, that these, all of these areas in which there are questions, uh, that, that be thoroughly uh, reviewed uh, and recounted where appropriate and get to the bottom of what's really going on. Uh, he sounded, when I talked to him today, he sounded very committed to in demanding rigorous, rigorous attention to the law and electoral integrity, no matter where it is in the country. Lou, you're absolutely right. And look, I'm here in Philadelphia today and Pam Bondi and I are going to oversee the campaign's efforts to make sure that the integrity of the process here is adhered to. Here's what we know, Lou. We have seen poll watchers who've been unable to go and actually witness what's taking place. They're not able to see the ballots that are being opened. They're not being able to verify the signatures. As a matter of fact, they're being required to stand behind bike racks some 30 yards away. And the election officials here in Philadelphia are first saying it's due to the integrity process. And then after that, they're saying it's due to the COVID restrictions in the city. We know that the COVID restrictions here in the city require people to be six feet away, not bike rack 30 feet away. They are trying to steal this election. So we came to Philadelphia today to declare victory for Donald Trump and his campaign in the state of Pennsylvania. We are convinced that we have won this state. It should be in the win column for Donald Trump. And it puts us one step closer to seeing Donald Trump reelected as president of the United States. And what legal actions are being taken, Corey? Uh, what, what are you doing uh, to assure that uh, the integrity of the election is uh, is preserved uh, in Philadelphia. Well, you know, Lou, we, we've just talked about it. We see a pattern across this country of our people not having the opportunity to uh, inspect the ballots, as you would call it. And so we, under, we, we have filed a federal lawsuit already to ensure that that no longer occurs. We want to make sure that the ballots are counted. But more than that, Lou, at some point, we only want to count ballots that are legally voted on. And what we don't want to see, and let me just remind the viewers right now, we came in about two hours ago, up 500,000 votes in the state of Pennsylvania with about 86% reporting. Since that time, we've seen them dump about 125,000 ballots, and Donald Trump still has an almost 400,000 vote lead in this state. At what point, after 86% reporting, most of which is now even, uh, all the big cities have reported, which means half Republican counties, half Democrat counties are yet to report. We know Donald Trump's going to win. So we've had to go through the court process to ensure the integrity transpires and that people aren't still having the opportunity to vote post-election day. We are vigilant in our effort here in Pennsylvania, and Pam Bondi and I are gonna make sure that every law is followed and every ballot is inspected in accordance with the law. And, uh, you know, it's unclear to me, in, in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania, is it necessary for there to be a postmark? Uh, is it necessary to have a signature comparison? Well, Lou, it's supposed to be. And, and, and here's what's happening right now. They're saying, well, look, there's, they're saying the Secretary of State of Pennsylvania 
is all of a sudden saying there are still millions of ballots to be counted. You know, that number continues to change. When you ask what the actual number is, the answer is we don't know. I don't know how that's possible. How can you make an argument that millions of ballots need to still be counted? But when you ask for the specific number, they say, we don't know what the number is. We know that this city, unfortunately, has a history of fraud when it comes to elections. We're going to make sure that doesn't happen. We're going to make sure that the voting has stopped and that people aren't continuing to do that and that there's no stuffing of ballots here. Our people have the right under the law to inspect what's going on, not from 30 feet away, Lou. We're happy to do it from six feet away, but they have conceded the fact that here in Philadelphia, we have a right to see what's going on. They're just trying to keep us back. They're having people walk around with badges to intimidate individuals. They're putting them behind bike rack. They're doing everything possible to make sure that we don't verify what's really happening in this city. Corey Lewandowski, thanks for being with us. Corey Lewandowski from the, uh, well, one of the major sites of what is uh, highly questionable integrity in the electoral process. Highly questionable? Ah. Understatement. Every single state needs a recount, even if it turned red. Every single one. We need to show the world just how big of a freaking landslide it was. Every single one, even if it was red. I don't want people to say, well, we want it. Forget it. No. Lock them all up. All the secretary of states. You listening, Al Yeager? You listening, lady? Oh, man. There's going to be so many of them. They're going to be rounded up because people are pissed. And I don't care if it's red. You still ask for an audit, even if it's red, because they fix it for themselves. The ones that went red <laughs> were fixed, too. So we want to have an honest election. We need all of it audited. Every single state, every single state, not just the ones in question, every single one. And this is why they have the 100 day siege, because that was a plan all along, right? They made it seem like a race, an illusion that there was an actual competition. Come on. That's why he didn't campaign and he was in the basement. First of all, because he can't tie his shoe. Second of all, because people would see the truth. If people could understand the technology we have, life would be so much better. I want to show you guys before we get into that, this amazing video that this person put together. Remember how I told you about the disappearing pimple on TV? Well, look at this guy. Look at this video. It's insane. All this stuff was three. This is a PSA. You can't believe anything you see these days. These glasses aren't even real. Neither is my face. All this stuff was 3D tracked on using these dots that I drew on with this marker. Actually, the marker isn't real either. There's a 3D tracked on using these dots that I drew on with this marker. Actually, the marker isn't real either. Neither is the background. Or my face. Have a good night. This is a PSA. You can't believe anything you see these days. These glasses aren't even real. Neither is my face. All this stuff was 3D tracked on using these dots that I drew on with this marker. Actually, the marker isn't real either. Neither is the background. Or my face. Have a good night. This is a PS. How cool was that? He showed it to you. You can't tell him. You gotta show him. Because nobody believes it. So all these people that are hiding behind that boarded up place in Philadelphia, they've just not listened to what the judge said. That's number one. Number two, they forget that they have phones and we can turn them on as we wish. We can see and hear everything 
<laughs> They're actually so good, so good. So in Georgia, they found 25 to 35,000 more ballots in Georgia. They found it. And they're moving in. They want it. They're going to these battleground states. Man, we are going to audit every single state. Every single state. Here's what they were saying about the audits of, uh, you know, the Maricopa County. So here's a letter. The Attorney General's office is responsible for enforcing positions, provisions of Title 16 of the Arizona Revived Statutes and 2019 Elections Procedures Manual. Hold on. Let's see if I can zoom this in more. I can't. Um, it's just zooming in. The guy that tweeted it. All right. So... He says, uh, let's see, in, um, to investigate these complaints, the office requests the following information in writing by noon on November 5th. If you are unable to provide specific answers to below questions by that deadline, we request a narrative explanation of what steps you have taken to, to obtain the answers. In which voting centers were Sharpies provided or made available to voters? And where were those voting voter centers located? Actually, someone texted me and told me that Sharpies were given to California centers too. In each voting centers where Sharpies were provided or made available to voters, to what extent were Sharpies used? Were other types of markers or pens provided or used? And to what extent? How many ballots cast at each voting center were rejected? Of those ballots, how many were rejected because of overvotes? Some of those ballots rejected because of overvotes. How many were rejected because of ink from a marker bled through to the reverse side of the ballot? Were the ballot tabulation machines utilized at the voting centers on election day programmed to reject overvoted ballots? Oh, dear. And of the ballots rejected at voting centers, how many of those ballots were spoiled on site such that the voter could choose to vote a new ballot. In the instances where ballots were spoiled on site, how many voters chose not to cast the ballot rather than voting a new ballot? What is the process for canceling a voter's ballot? If a ballot is reflected as canceled on the Secretary of State's website, what does that mean for the voter? Thank you. Now, this is the Deputy Solicitor General. Now, I want you to understand that um, the Attorney General or any person that holds any office in state or federal, if they commit crimes or allow crimes to occur, under their watch, they themselves are in a lot bigger trouble. The this <laughs> the real Sharpie Gate. So this um by the way reports that Sharpies were used in California centers. Important that we just put it out because we're the news now. Um, so Sharpies are a big issue and, you know, that is concerning and should be concerning to all of us that um, they did not want people to uh, respond or say anything uh, in respects to that. Georgia throws out Trump campaign lawsuit on absentee ballots. Ooh. Well, Georgia's going to be in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Take a listen to this. Eight attorneys. You guys had eight attorneys. I think it was eight attorneys getting their appearance on this. I don't understand 
why eight attorneys need to evaluate this order. I did it all by myself. It says we that no are later than 10.30 today, you're to follow the election code and we, my people, my clients, representatives, are to be within six feet of the process. We have read the order. So let me ask you guys a question. Let me ask you guys a question. This was from 15 minutes ago. How is it that they complied by the order when they should have um, in, allowed them in there a couple of hours ago? And I totally love her. She's so cute. And her outfit is so cute. Uh, so how is it that that's happening? That's 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 pretty interesting, isn't it? Let's see what else. Oh, look at that. They're giving, oh, they're giving Joe Biden everything. They're assuming that those two are his, and they're not. So yesterday with Millie Weaver, we were talking about Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee had so many double votes it's ridiculous and there was no there was no system in place to say you voted by mail so you can't vote in person there was none in wisconsin like they did in arizona so you're going to see uh, a lot of things happening um coming forward very quickly. They're saying Trump is running out of options. They're using that fear porn. Don't worry, we got this. We got this. We got this. This was all the plan. I'm trying to see if I can find what I needed, but I can't. So I'm going to share my other screen where I have the video ready. Give me a sec. And I think it's this one, isn't it? Nope. It's not. Okay. I'm sorry. I just have to watch this. I totally love this. <laughs> It's a trap. It's a trap. We trapped you. We so trapped you. Love that. Okay, let's see. Here it is. Okay, so let me share that. Give me a sec. Oh, you guys didn't see it because I didn't share it, did I? Damn. You weren't watching it because it wasn't being shared. Okay. I retweeted it. It was it was a super cute cartoon. I'll show it to you guys because I retweeted it. Okay, so I want you to listen to this. This is... This is important for people to Tell understand. us where you work. I work in the Traverse City Post Office, more specifically the Arlo Branch. Your boss told you and your colleagues. Hey, it would be clerks doing it up at the distribution center. So 8 p.m. Election Day, November 3rd, uh, the Court of Appeals uh, ruled ballots have to be received by that time. And and what were you told? To suffer in today so they can mark them on yesterday's date and send them through the express system to wherever they needed to go. This appears to be an attempt to circumvent Michigan law and allow late votes. Come forward. Uh, that's sketchy. <laughs> I don't like sketchy. It screams corruption. Uh, also knowing the post office's leanings politically, it, it didn't seem quite right. What is your message to other postal workers who see things like this? Report it. Report it. How are we supposed to have any integrity in this country if we are just going to let things slide based on a scaling issue? Are you afraid of retaliation against you? Uh... I've had whistleblower policies backfire on the past, so yes. We'll have to reach out to Jonathan Clark for comment. Uh, is this Jonathan? Wait, before you hear Jonathan Clark, look at his smug, stupid face. Let me tell you something. He looks way too stupid and way too privileged. And <laughs> he does. He looks like he got a job. He knew a couple people within his local area that bumped him up when he applied, took his little postal worker test. Remember, these are federal employees, okay? 
So this little smug face, he looks like, you know, the type that would go to the bar and think that he's God's gift to women. Tell me that he does not. Come on, guys. Let's put on our little hats. How many times have you seen a movie and you're like, damn, they casted the right character to be evil, right? Yes or no? They have a certain face, a certain look, a certain whatever, right? Yes. So this is him. So think about it. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to call him and talk to him. But do you think this guy is sitting at home? Do you think this guy, I'm telling you he's locked up. I'm telling you he's in the biggest hot box ever, sweating it out. Hotter than those yoga with the heat rooms, the, you know, that Hatha yoga, what they call it. This guy is sweating like no other right now. No other. This guy, this guy is toast. And he's going to hand over who told him to do that? Because he's going to say, well, I was told that we're supposed to. Who told you? Well, uh, who told you? What'd they give you? Show it to me. Show it to me, and I won't take you to jail, but I'm going to take all your money and fire you instead of throwing you in jail for forever. Tell me, because this is male tampering. Tell me. This guy is in a hot box right now singing like a fucking canary. This, this guy. This guy. This smug little shit that decided for whatever amount of money they gave him, right, to screw over our nation. He, he, can, he, can, he can deal and get fired and take away all the money they paid him, all of it. But he's dead to rights. He's screwed because there's definitely messages. There's definitely emails and everything. And knowing, um, you know, James O'Keefe, he's definitely sent this to the correct authorities before he put it out. Why? So they can get all the information. Don't forget, regardless FISA or whatever, uh, 702, section 702. Well, not only that, we have every single email, phone call, text, DM, emoji, Instagram post, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, video games, chats, whatever. We have all of that for 72 hours. This dude is finished. Finished. This guy, toast. 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 Because after James O'Keefe calls him and puts him on fire, he's probably talking to someone or trying to get out of the country. Guarantee you. Guarantee you. Because he's like, damn, this little smug bitch that sold his country out for what? A couple hundred thousand dollars? My guess is half a million. Half a million giving the order to his people to do so. And that would be top end. But looking at his loser face, I think he'd be okay with 50 grand. That's what kind of loser he is. You could tell he's the loser in the bar. So listen to what happens next. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm a reporter with Project Veritas, James O'Keefe here. And I have, a, I have information that you guys have been stamping ballots with the previous date, November 3rd. You just have he to just hung up. Just of course me. he did. Of course he did. Smug little, yeah. You just look up James O'Keefe. He's burned some really big people. And you're not that big. You're going to be famous. You wanted to do it. We caught them all. Every single one of them. The president is tweeting, stop the fraud. But he told us ages ago that they're doing this. Yes, he did. He did. Who was listening? I don't know. Maybe nobody. Maybe you were listening. But real 
White Hats were definitely listening. And they made sure that they had a backup plan. Now, I want to show you something really, really cool. Hold on. This is really cool, just so you understand how some things work. Thank God to the producer. I just want you to see something, okay? And I'll pause it. So this was aired on Fox. About 600,000 ballots outstanding. About 400,000 of those are right there in Maricopa County. Did you see it? ballots outstanding. About 400,000 of those are right there in Maricopa County. About 600,000 ballots outstanding. About four. Now look at what was on there. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Just a little flash. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Fox is probably pissed. Hmm. There's a nice, clear message. Did you see that? You saw it, right? Very clear. Clear as day. And if I let go, I can't pause it on there for you. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Man, Fox must be really, really pissed. Who done it? Who done it? <laughs> Arizona president. Got it to pause. So what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that? Hmm? That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. What are your thoughts on that? I'm looking at the chat to see. Arizona president. Arizona president. We'll just leave it there for now. How's that? We'll leave it there for now and revisit that a little bit later. Now, what I wanted to do, and why can't I find it? Of course, I'm not going to find it. It's never, ever easy. We're going to go to what, where is it? Okay, we're going to go to CNN, okay? We're going to CNN, which is, believe it or not, a lot better at reporting right now, even though they're biased, and we already know they're biased, they're actually doing better reporting than Fox, okay? Here we go. Voting desk, here's the latest in the lawsuits being filed by the Trump campaign in multiple battleground states, Jim. Well, John, I don't have to tell you this, and of course, viewers will be familiar. The Trump campaign filed a lot of lawsuits before this election, primarily dealing with voter access. Uh, lost most, most of those. They're filing a lot of lawsuits since the election, and these deal mostly with the vote count, particularly in states that are closed or that Trump is behind, believe they may be able to catch up. So let's go state by state here. And I should note, as I go through these, that, that CNN has talked to a lot of legal experts on these cases, and in general, they say, unlikely to be wins for the Trump campaign. One, evidence is thin to this point. Uh, two, uh, most of them deal with cases where the number of votes is too small to sway the outcome, but they're happening. Let's talk about Pennsylvania first. The lawsuits here focusing on, you may remember, just before, before the election, law passed in Pennsylvania allowed votes that arrive up to three days after election day to be counted, mail-in votes. That was challenged before. Uh, Supreme Court let that law stand, but conservative justices left the door open to, well, the possibility of perhaps some of those, quote-unquote, late-arriving ballots are enough to turn the election. Could there be some questions here? Uh, a possibility. So big question in Pennsylvania on that is, what is the margin? What is the number of those that arrive 
after Election Day. That's the lawsuit in Pennsylvania right now. Let's look at Michigan. Here, uh, the Trump campaign filed a lawsuit asking to halt the counting of votes statewide. Why? They are demanding what they're calling meaningful access uh, to observe the processing in particular of mail-in ballots there. Of course, Michigan has been called by this network and others, but Trump campaign wants to halt the counting there. Let's go on to Nevada. This state has not been called yet, and we may be getting more there later today. Keep in mind, before I go down the details of this lawsuit, that Republicans tried this pass twice already and failed, but three times the charm, they hope. They're going after it again. The focus here is looking at uh, signature matching software used in that state to match signatures on ballots that come in. It uses some artificial intelligence. That's the basis of their claim there. And what they're demanding is to stop counting there as that issue is adjudicated. Finally, let's look at Georgia here, another state, uh, as, as you were just saying, John, with Phil, extremely tight margins here. And that's why you're seeing a lawsuit pop up. And this one deals with an extremely small number of ballots, which Republicans say these were ballots that were still being processed, somehow ended up in a pile of ballots ready to be tabulated. Uh, that's their focus there. Like the other lawsuits, uh, they deal with such a small number of votes, unlikely to turn things there, but they're pursuing. Remember, this, this is a president who likes to file lawsuits on a whole host of things. They tried it before the election, mostly on voter access, lost most of those cases, they're trying after the election. It's a close one and they're pushing these hard. I should note, just before I came on air, another lawsuit filed in the state of Pennsylvania by the Trump campaign. This one deals with two issues, the issue of poll watchers there and voter ID laws. The Trump campaign claiming in this lawsuit that there was an attempt here, in their words, to disenfranchise uh, Republican voters. So add that to the bin uh, of lawsuits in the state of Pennsylvania there. Again, big picture, we expected these lawsuits to happen. The legal experts CNN has been talking to say, Evidence thin, number of votes too small to affect the outcome, but there are lots of them here. And as, as we've watched in the last several months, sometimes the courts can surprise. John, we'll keep on top of it. Jim Shido, terrific work. One point you made that I think is worth repeating, the margins matter here. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with tens of thousands of votes in the margin there, lawsuits almost never make any kind of difference. So yeah. that's what we're watching in several states. Michigan, by the way, is a 100,000 vote difference right now uh, for Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Joe Biden in the lead there, so unlikely any lawsuit would make a difference there. Jim, thank you. Let's go over to Allison Camerata now here in New York. Okay, John, let's stay on the topic of those lawsuits and get some analysis from two CNN election law analysts and experts. We have Rick Poldis, professor of constitutional law at NYU School of Law, and Jonathan Diaz, who serves as legal counsel for the Campaign Legal Center. Great to have both of you. Okay, so Jonathan, you heard Jim Schuto lay out all of those different lawsuits right now. President Trump's campaign has launched this slew of challenges in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Nevada, Georgia, Wisconsin. Are there any that you just heard Jim lay out that you think do have merit and will move forward? All of them. Not really. I think Jim's summary was, you know, pretty much on, you know, on target. Uh, the these lawsuits don't appear, at least to me, to have a particularly high chance of success. And even if they did, they're not dealing with the kinds of numbers of ballots or the types of issues that are likely to be outcome determinative in any of these states. Um, the one possible exception is that Pennsylvania lawsuit that is already before the Supreme Court dealing with those late arriving ballots and that uh, <laughs> that, that deadline extension. That but again, only? it's going to come down to what the ultimate margin is in Pennsylvania before those late arriving ballots are counted. And if 
there are enough ballots that arrive between uh, the end of the day on November 3rd and the deadline tomorrow. The deadline tomorrow. Yeah, that's not how it works in America. In America, they are supposed to give us the results on the day. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, this is crazy. This is insane. Listen, guys, everybody's been telling you what they're doing. They've been telling you all this time. We're going to do this. This is how we're going to remove the president. Now, before we go there, um, we're going to watch one of my favorite songs that one guy sings while we fill our coffee cups up because this is the land of confusion. I must have dreamed a thousand dreams Been haunted by a million screams But I can hear the marching feet That's what's up. I was singing, I was dancing, and I should have had this up while the music was going. Um, <laughs> but that's what's up. We should be dancing and singing, okay? This is the land of confusion. An infodemic, confusing the people from the beginning. Where is the man of steel? You're looking at him, and he's quite a <laughs> funny dancer. Um, so uh, next time I take a five-minute break, we're going to put this on from now on because uh, I think it's awesome to watch. Uh, he is cute. He's a person. He's legit. He is He's a man of the people. And he doesn't have to be a saint. He has to love his country and always give credit to God. And that is what is the most important thing for us as a people to remember. And that was, uh, I guess, the best advice that I was ever given as a child by the now St. Pacios, which is, you know, you have to see first what kind of love and humility do they have to God? Um, and not through their mouth. <laughs> There's a lot of people that use that Bible as a shield. There's a lot of people that walk into churches and use it as a shield pretending that they are um, godly. They're not. They're actually the most corrupt, if you ask me. And it's the biggest sin ever. For me, this is how I see it. It is one of the biggest sins to pretend to walk in righteousness when you're as dirty as they come. As dirty as they come. So um, I'm going to share this uh, report, which is, uh, you know, pretty interesting. You know, what's funny is that we talked about this a while back. We talked about SCOTUSgate, and you're going to see it now. And I did mention that it was very important that we get Justice Barrett for what? For the elections, for the elections. And it's important that you remember that. It's for the elections. We have to go through the motions. We can't allow them. We cannot allow them to call him a dictator or anything like that. Yeah, I can't stand her face either. <laughs> but what we have to remember is that we're going to go baby steps. We're going to go within the bounds just like they did. You know how they kicked out. You know why in Philadelphia they said that they weren't letting poll watchers in? Because they said they were that they were at capacity on paper. 
on paper because poll watchers signed in, but when they left, they never signed out. So apparently they're still supposedly in there and on paper it is so. So the key here is all those poll watchers that left to take pictures with timestamps and maybe some media and maybe some more evidence to show, Hey guys, we weren't there. They're lying. I'm pretty sure that they, um, they have <laughs> pretty sure they have. All right. So let's take a listen to this. How don't expect election court fights to drag on. Hmm. Let's see what CNN, I mean, Fox has to say. He's going to talk to us now about how Trump and Biden are telling supporters to buckle up, prepare for a long drawn out court fight. Jim, it's great to see you. When are we going to know the winner? Do you think there's going to be court fights? I mean, voters don't want election day to become election month. Do you think there's going to be court fights over this? What do you think? Well, I think there will be, but I don't expect it to drag on and on. And there's a, a number of kind of practical and philosophical reasons for that. But look, I, I mean, the courts are the last group of people that want to resolve national elections. They are, they're not, the Supreme Court is not sitting there waiting for the phone to ring, hoping they can decide this election. Quite the contrary. And that's the great irony here is that it's the Democrats that will probably win because of federalism and judicial conservatism. And what I mean by that is federal Supreme Court, for instance, even federal lower courts are not champing at the bit saying, we want to analyze state process. Just as Jason mentioned, uh, voting rules, voting procedures, a state and local function, not a federal one. So that may be kind of the, the biggest irony of this whole thing is federal courts may not want to touch any of this stuff. And that's assuming you can build a sufficient record to even present a case that goes up on appeal. Yeah, I hear just, you know, it's so interesting what you're saying, because uh, the fight is over this. It's uh, things, what happened in Pennsylvania and North Carolina, for example, that respectively the state court in Pennsylvania and the state election board in North Carolina allowed for the uh, delay in counting the votes to postmark ballots for after the election. And, you know, the, the constitutional fight is, is that the state legislatures decide who is uh, what, who is an elector in the electoral college vote set up by the U.S. Constitution. So that's how it ends up in the Supreme Court. And you wonder if Justice Barrett um, is going to be the fifth vote uh, for that, saying it is the state legislatures, it's not the courts. I mean, Justice Roberts and Justice Kagan are saying the courts are there to interpret the state legislatures and the state's constitutions and all of that. So it's going to be, it sounds really wonky and weedy, but I'll tell you something. When you see how our system operates and what each state is doing to your point at the, at, in, in terms of federalism, uh, it's, quite the, it's quite the turnaround that the Democrats are now benefiting from this. What do you think? Well, I mean, look, there's a, there's a bunch of practical things that create problems for Trump's team as well. And, and one of them is you have to establish a record, some sort of evidence. And it can't just be suspicion. I mean, a lot of people can say, boy, I hate the way Milwaukee, Detroit, Philly and Fulton County are determining this election. But the reality is you've got to have more than suspicion, more than just pointing out uh, in unintentional irregularities. You've got to show what they call prejudice. You've got to be able to show harm to your campaign based on intentional irregularities. And that's going to be uphill because, again, I think federalism dictates that you let the state decide that and you don't let it bubble up to the Supreme Court unless there's something as outrageous as what happened in Bush v. Gore with the Florida Supreme Court where they really overreached. So I think it's a, a real Hail Mary at this point to think litigation, even very expedited, fast moving litigation. Uh, I just don't yeah. see it as ending up uh, deciding the election here. And Jim, we have this other fight. Did the vote, you know how checks get trapped in the mail? Did the vote get trapped in the mail? 
is you know we've got talks about talk about a hundred hundreds of thousands of ballots trapped in the postal system Here's what happened. More than 65 million Americans voted using mail-in ballots. 27 million mail ballots were not yet counted as of a certain point yesterday, and then they started to flood in. And now the post office is getting hammered by, wait for it, Justice Emmett Sullivan, the same judge who was on the General Flynn case. He's saying, why did you, the postal system, blow off my three o'clock deadline for postal inspectors to see if there are problems in the postal system uh, in Pennsylvania? The post office only delivered half of the ballots on time in central Pennsylvania. In Philadelphia, 40 problems of the in the postal were system. On time. So we're, tr we're tracking, uh, you know, problems with delays in the postal system for delivering in Philadelphia, the ballots. 40 problems of the in the ballot. for wait for it, 77 electoral college votes. We're talking states including Georgia, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina. So. Your, your reaction to how this is going to play out? Well, the judge's instincts to, to worry about the Postal Service may be well-born, but how he lands himself as kind of the uh, uh, arbiter of all things on this uh, election is kind of amazing to me. And, you know, I think the Postal Service's response is probably, we're a little busy to be dealing with you as a self-appointed monitor for the U.S. Postal Service. So, look, there's a lot that'll be chalked up to uh, kind of institutional shortcomings for things like the Postal Service that still probably doesn't give rise to a successful lawsuit in either federal court or state court. So we, we tolerate a lot of negligence. It's just the intentional stuff that creates the problems. Wait, so do you think the Trump campaign can move forward on this front, that the problems also with the post office is hitting uh, the ballots for the president? I mean, you know, I, you know, I hear what you're saying about just uh, Judge Sullivan. He said, you know, if astronauts can vote from outer space and then we've got the vote trapped in the postal system, can the, do you think that the Trump team can make hay with that? I think it's the Hail Mary. I mean, honestly, I just don't see that as having a lot of traction. It's not that it's factually untrue. I think it's fair game to say what's going on with, you know, in today's world, we should be able to track things very cleanly. We should be able to meet deadlines very cleanly. But the absence of that performance isn't necessarily the type of constitution lets the courts weigh in and overturn uh, the, uh, the otherwise valid results. Okay, it's great to see you, Jim Trusty. Thanks for joining us again. We're going to have you back on. Welcome to the greatest show on earth. Greatest show on earth, you guys. This is one of the biggest clown shows ever. We are being told that our elections are not rigged when they are. Huh. The media is obsolete, guys, completely obsolete. By the way, my Facebook feed was just taken down because Fox News claims that 34 seconds of whatever sound, even though news are considered fair use, Fox is after me. I wonder why. Is it because I sent that list <laughs> with all your names? Oh, did you put one and one together? Tough noogies, because all of you are going to get it. That's why, because Fox has a hard on for me completely. They're coming after me everywhere. Fox says, nope, 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 Tori. You're not allowed to show anything. That's what they're saying. They totally are. Here, I took a screenshot so the world can see it too. Fox News doesn't want you sharing their fake news, and it's not CNN. It's actually Fox, believe it or not. Well done. Let me show you. So look at that clown show. Where am I? So look at what it says. You submitted a dispute, 34 seconds of audio of Warner Music Group Rights Management. 
I said, this is a news report and it's covered by fair use. So Fox is what got me knocked off on Facebook just now. Didn't give me a strike. I get to dispute it because they said I'm the only one that gets to see it. But in the guidelines, as always, here's the Democrat ballot thing that I was talking about. Look at them counting ballots. Ooh, ooh, total trap. There you go. We got them all, guys. We got them all. They have, we have them dead to rights. Why? Because they're so cocky that they tell you what they're going to do. They're not hiding it. They're telling you. Well, we have been conditioned to not listen anymore. We have a problem with listening. Only thing we do is here. Here is where Pelosi tells you what she's doing. She tells you. Or not, he will be leaving. Uh, just because he might not want to move out of the White House doesn't mean we won't have an inauguration ceremony to inaugurate a duly elected president of the United States. Mm. And the uh, I just, you know, I'm second in line uh, to the presidency. And just last week, I had my regular continuation of government briefing. This might interest you because it's, I say to them, this mm -hmm. is never going to happen. God willing, it never will. But there is a process. It has nothing to do with that the certain occupant of the White House doesn't feel like moving and has to be fumigated out of there because the presidency is the presidency. It's not geography or location. So, so much for him. I wouldn't spend so much time on it. That's a victory for him because then we're not talking about your first more important subject, which is what are we going to do to stop this vicious virus that is making an assault on our, our health, our, again, our lives, our livelihood, life of our democracy. In the HEROES Act, we have $3.6 billion for vote by mail. Uh, this is very, very important. It's what is needed in our country and it has bipartisan support throughout the country. Mm -hmm. Secretaries of State and other uh, auspices for under which elections take place are calling for the resources. They don't want any uh, barriers to it. We have some additions we like, which is every registered voter uh, gets to vote by mail with return postage paid, that those who don't want to can go and vote but in a safe way with a lot of time leading up and a lot of location so that people are not crowded into it. This is simple. It's uh, it, it, When I say simple, we know what we need to do. Again, ignore what the president has to say. He doesn't know what he's talking about, once again, when he talks about uh, any um, problems with. Okay, so first of all, she told you that he, whether the president likes it or not, um, you know, he's leaving. One. Two. She also said that we're going to give mail-in ballots and then what we're going to do is extend the time so we have a longer time period for people to go and vote and more locations, which means new locations, which means hiring more people, which means no background checks, no validity, just putting them in, right? And this is what, you know, she was saying. And she said, don't listen to the president. Who the fuck are you again? Crooked Pelosi, with your millions, who are you again to tell us not to listen to the president? The only person we listen to is the president. Besides, you're on a murderer's show. Well, let's not forget Lori Klesudis, right? Cold Case Joe. 
vote by mail. I was state party chair 30 years, more than 30 years ago before I was a member of Congress, and we would win on, Joe knows this, well, it was before his time too, but we would win on election day and the Republicans would come raging in with the absentee ballots. So they know how to, they know how to do this and they've done it for a postage paid that those it's very, very important. It's what is needed in our country and it has bipartisan support throughout the country. Secretaries of State and other... Uh, 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 Secretaries of State. See, you know, it's funny. They're calling Michigan Joe Biden leaning, but the Secretary of State site hasn't updated because that bitch knows she's going to go to jail. The one in Milwaukee, he's already toast. Let's not forget that's Paul Ryan territory. Okay? Let's not forget that. And any state... All the states that allowed corrupt ballots to make it look like there was an actual race, they're all part of it. They're all in on it. Every single one of them. But listen carefully to what she says here. Uh, auspices for under which elections take place are calling for the resources. They don't want any uh, barriers to it. So the secretaries of states are calling for the resources, money, in order to be able to hold these elections with like mail-in ballots and setting it up and doing whatever. And this is where President Trump took a little bit of control in making sure that um, the ballots are done correctly and gave the right funding and the right people were hired in the right places. We have some additions we'd like, which is every registered voter uh, gets to vote by mail with return postage paid, that those who don't want to can go and vote, but in a safe way with a lot of time leading up and a lot of locations so that people are not crowded into it. This is simple. It's uh, it, it, when I say simple, we know what we need to do. Again, ignore what the president has to say. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Of course. Once again, of course, when he talks about uh, any um, problems with vote by mail. An assault on our our health is what are we going to do to stop right this here? Listen to this virus that is making an assault on our our health our, again, our lives, our livelihood, life of our democracy. In the Heroes Act, we have three point six billion dollars for vote by mail. Uh, this is very very important. It's what is needed in our country. A mail. Uh, this is, we have three point six billion dollars. $3.6 billion. White House doesn't feel like moving and has to be few, never will. So this is the key point. So $3.6 billion, Secretary of States are in on it. They're asking us for resources. We got it sorted out. There's no fraud here except for we've coached USPS employees. We found battleground state supervisors in order to order people to allow late ballots, you know, because with the early ballots, we found that Trump was winning. So we need more ballots to make it look like a race. And we're going to, because when you're registered to vote, you're registered to vote. Say you're in the military and you live in Ohio and you were, and you're getting an absentee ballot. Ohio knows that your absentee ballot is being shipped to you to Japan or Germany or wherever you are and that you're going to be sending it back. There's a whole process for that, a whole process. So think about how they're saying, well, the absentee ballots haven't been counted. Well, if you're already at 100% capacity, that 100% of the votes have been counted in your county and 100% of them have actually voted and you counted them, then how are you waiting on mail-in ballots or absentee ballots when they're supposed to be part of that registry?
That's one. So now here's Pelosi where she tells you their plan. But there is a process. It has nothing to do with that the certain occupant of the White House doesn't feel like moving and has to be fumigated out of there because the presidency is the presidency. It's not geography or location. Huh. So if he doesn't feel like leaving and he needs to be fumigated out, um, the presidency is the presidency. And it doesn't matter if it's in the White House or Washington, D.C. It's just the presidency. So so much for him. I wouldn't spend so much time. on. Yeah, because they're just going to inaugurate, she said, the duly elected president. He will be leaving Uh, just because he might not want to move out of the White House doesn't mean we won't have an inauguration ceremony to inaugurate a duly elected president. See, if people listen to the things that they tell you, you know, you would know everything there is to know. But people are not listening anymore. We're hearing things. We're not listening. We're tuning out because they sound crazy. They sound deranged. We're pissed at them. So we ignore them. Right. Because I don't want to watch that. Well, you should. Because they're telling you everything you need to know. And they do that all the time. Not a little bit. All the time. They do it all the time. And that's the problem. That people tune them out. Even though they tell you all the time. And so... Um, six minutes ago, MSDNC put out a video. Hold on. I want you guys to see this clip. I was waiting for them to say something on this. Watch for Pennsylvania. Here we go. You mentioned Pennsylvania. Let's take a look inside there because I think throughout the afternoon we're going to continue to get reports here. Trump's lead statewide in Pennsylvania is still 115,000 votes. But what I'm going to do here is show you where the outstanding vote is in Pennsylvania right now. And basically, the bigger the bubble you see, the more votes that there are still outstanding. And you see by far the biggest one right here. Uh, this is Philadelphia. You know, we think there are probably you know, 75, 80, 90,000 votes still to come in Philadelphia. Philadelphia has reported out a couple times today. It's helped Biden narrow the lead, but there's probably about 80, 90,000 votes to come in Philadelphia at least. And Biden is winning these votes in Philadelphia. He's winning the city right now by 80%. He's winning the mail ballot portion of the vote. He's getting like 90% of that. So you could just do the math with that many outstanding votes in that one place that Joe Biden is winning by that large a margin, that gives him the opportunity to erase a big portion of that Trump lead statewide. Then you look, where else are there outstanding ballots? And by the way, when we say outstanding ballots here, we're talking outstanding mail ballots, absentee ballots. And these are the ballots that are favoring Biden, even in in areas that aren't heavily Democratic. The mail ballot portion of the vote has been favoring Biden. And you can see right outside Philadelphia, if you look, there's a bubble within the bubble here. That's Delaware County right outside Philadelphia. And that's another big one. They've got mail vote to come. Bucks County, this other circle right here, they've got mail vote to come. Also, Allentown, Lehigh County, they've got mail in vote to come. Erie, we got a report this morning. Erie's a very good example because it's a county that overall Trump is winning. But the mail vote portion of the vote 
Biden is winning. So that's the dynamic at play here right now. All mail ballots and the reports you're getting pretty much anywhere they're coming in right now are helping Biden. And you see the opportunity then if Philadelphia is going to erase that much of that lead for Trump and there are all those other opportunities, you see the potential pathway there for Biden to overtake Trump. But we wait and see for these results to actually come in and see if that is what happens. Hey there, I'm Chris Hayes from MSNBC. Thanks for watching MSNBC on YouTube. If you want to keep up to date with the videos we're putting out, you can click subscribe. We don't. Just below no, me. we don't. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I advertised and my fingers were very slow. So the math doesn't add up, you guys. Someone actually did the math and I'm trying to um, find to get it because uh, the math doesn't lie. So this one person put in and I'm going to try to share the um, the screen um, give me a second put it plugged in the numbers they have um, hmm, let me see there we go is that it yeah so they plugged in the numbers that they have um, let me go back so that I can share that with you so they plugged in the numbers they have, as you can see, for them. And there's an overage of 71 million voters. Total votes counted, total registered voters, overage of 71,876,229 voters overage. Sai did the math. You just plugged it into, I mean, you could do it. You could put all the numbers that they give you. They, they total registered, the total population, total registered, total population. Look at the differences, though. So in Alabama, there's 3,708,000 registered voters and 4,908,000 in their population. So this is where you can see 75% in Alabama are registered voters, 81%. California only has 50%. Yet for some reason, we're seeing crazy votes. If you do the math, <laughs> we're seeing some crazy ass voting. So I, I, this was an excellent uh, depiction of doing the math. So um, I told you guys that the votes don't, add up like how do we get you know uh, we have like what 140 million registered voters i said that we already had over 140 million ballots cast right and so the question that everyone should be asking is well where are all these other voters coming from now let's assume that an additional what 10 million voted on the same day and they're not on the list whatever we can pull the list from the Secretary of State. It's updated every single time. Look at where they were updated. So we can find on, on look at Rhode Island on the day, on the day that they updated their registrations, how many they put in there. And so for Rhode Island, I'm, I'm a bit confused. This is where the math doesn't make sense at all, is when you have over you know, 60% of your population, 65, I would say, percent of your population as a registered voter, because where are all the kids? <laughs> How do you have 79% of all the people that live in Maine registered voters? You don't have any kids, zero to 18? I'm just saying, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Look at uh, North Dakota. They have 
761,000 people, 581,000 are registered. Dude, they have like three or four kids, at least 2.5. Actually, their average is like three kids. So how is that even possible that they have 76% of the population registered? So uh, this this was done by Psy, um, PsyOps and Telegram. That was great because I've said, if you round the math, it makes no sense. And someone was saying yesterday on a chat, oh, you know, absentee ballots, they, you know, I've done elections before they come in later. Dude, okay, they are, but they come in. Like, for example, when I was overseas and they would send me a ballot, I'd be attached to New York State. So New York State had my name as an absentee ballot. So I am a registered voter, regardless if it's an absentee ballot or not. I'm a registered voter. Ergo, my vote counts and it's measured and taken into account. So how are these not being taken into account now? So sigh. Okay. Real, real clear politics data. Thank you. So here's the, here's the person who actually popped it into a spreadsheet and said 71 million, almost 72 million overages on voting. That's crazy. I've told you the math doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So today is going to be a very, very interesting day. You guys, it's going to be a little bit scary. Okay. A little bit scary. Uh, Cause it's amping up and depending on how, you know, our president is a little bit quiet. So, um, that's, that, that's something that we should all be looking at. I just want to see if they started, um, anything yet today because the rioters potential riders steal riot gear from California national guard armory. Hmm. Huh. Let's see. Let's, let's put the word protesters. What did she say? I am going to riot Philippa. Your days are number. What? Watching the heck. Who is that? That looks so weird. Protests. They have live rounds. Okay. So this was from last night in Portland. Uh, well, we know that they have weapons and they even were talking about vehicle bombs. Um, let's see. Hmm. Facebook shuts down, stop the steel group. Of course they would. Maybe, maybe Fox demanded that they take it down. Protests are in full swing across half a dozen U.S. cities as the world continues to wait to learn who the next president. Australia already knows. Okay, protesters marched through several American cities in response to President Trump's aggressive effort to challenge the vote count and election. But they were talking about it. We got them dead to rights. Here's how they dance. Yeah, we want to count every legal vote. Legal vote. <laughs> Damn, that guy has like absolutely no rhythm, right? Look, he's looking at everybody's feet. Like, let me check, let me check, let me check. And you know what sucks is that the majority of these people uh, just go down there because they're like, you know, demoralized and nuts. And the real agitators are there. Black votes matter. Man, black Americans voted for Trump. <laughs> Yes, yeah. it was 
what we need to do is organize like the left. They're so freaking organized um, to protest the right way. Yeah, that's what's up. I like this. I like this. I like, whoa, protests came as the president insisted without evidence that there were major problems with voting and counting. But where's the evidence? Dude, to start, start going through the obituaries and look at how many dead people have voted. Come on. Remember uh, the obituaries? I, I was going through them in March and April for COVID. <laughs> Just to see social justice on ballot scores some victories. Let's see. Here we have now this, of course. Let's see what she has to say. She's a state senator. Round her up. This is amazing. This is this is a celebration of democracy out here in the oh, streets. No. You it guys is so joyful out here. So oh, extraordinary. No, you Thank can't you see all it. for Hold coming on. out to protect our democracy. Hold it on. is so extraordinary in here, out here. And let me tell you, we have just been inside. Damn. I didn't know that you weren't watching. Damn. This thing just lagged on me. I thought that you were watching. Gosh darn it. Sorry about that. I mean, let me go back. <laughs> All right. Look at this chick. We need to lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up. Make some noise. Way to bring it back. Thank you, Pastor Nick. How's everyone doing? This is amazing. This is this is a celebration of democracy out here in the streets. It is so joyful out here. So extraordinary. Thank you all for coming out to protect our democracy. It is so extraordinary in here, out here. And let me tell you, we have just been inside and it is so boring in there. It is just professional, accountable, methodical work going on in there. Really extraordinary, dedicated servants, staying up all night counting ballots we are going to we are going to our process is working we have to let the process succeed and we have to fight to protect that process out here because we have to what we have to count every vote we have to what count oh my bad that's a man thousands thousands of that's people a man. <laughs> have voted I'm sorry. young people black people people of color immigrants children of immigrants voting for the first time we all carry with us the impositions the memories of those votes being voided of elections being stopped we will not turn back nothing will turn us back we will fight to protect our democracy we're gonna lock you when up we fight we win when we fight when we fight when we fight thank you so much all right let's see was that a male or a female i could have sworn it was a female let's see okay could be a male well whatever person gets too much soy at starbucks um let's see you know soy milk actually um reduces the amount of hair and your body mass hence why you know uh oriental cultures that do drink a lot of soil that's why the men look like they can snap over your leg like a twig kind of thing it's the whole soy thing um let's see what else do we have i know i got some more videos let me go to sunrise expose for a second sunrise if um have the other ones uploaded Okay, yeah. Look at this one. Caught red-handed. Let's let's watch this one together. These people are so dumb. Yeah. On that score, I would I would I sent out a reference to the the kind of Bible of uh, overthrowing dictators um, by Gene Sharp. 
uh, that has been that was used in the Orange Revolution. It was used to taking down Milosevic and so on. If other people want to talk about some of the the stuff that's in that, I would love to get you know uh, facilitate a group talking about some of the way you know some of the different collective actions that have worked and some of the things that are distilled in Gene Sharp's book, uh, sort of, and it's available in multiple languages. Um, I sent a link to it. All of it, all of it's free. Uh, uh, so if more people would want, I just want you to know the reason that we have this picture of Paula little and not the rest is because we've uh, blurred out uh, the chats and the other video, because when we infiltrate, you know, we don't want them to see who we are. Uh, so, you know, we've been infiltrating them for a while and rose up in the ranks. So uh, we don't want them to see who it is that's recording them because you can on a zoom. And so because we were, you know, uh, interactive here. I mean, who knows? We could be Paula. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, you know, we make sure to obfuscate what we have. We have the raw footage, but this is where we're um, putting it down. So I want you guys to understand just how dangerous these people are. And I've been saying it from day one. Everyone's been talking about this Lisa Fithian chick that's just freaking insane and wears Birkenstocks, never cuts her toenails type person. But the person that we should be terrified is Maria Stefan. Remember Jesper? That's a big deal. So we're going to talk about that. Just watch and listen. When I talk about that, I would be glad to, to help facilitate something like that. Is that link in the chat? It's, it's the Albert Einstein Institute, yeah. um, and the link's in the chat. You can also just look up Gene, Gene Sharp, and just tons of stuff come up. Or we can look up Albert he's, Einstein. He's the are, you, leader are you referring to the 99 different tactics document? 198 different yeah, tactics, yeah. yeah. So 99 tactics in the first one. He's got a lot of books, and they're all on that. I just included it in the chat again, aeinstein.org, if you want to check him out. I think they're all downloadable PDFs, or you can order them from the Institute. Exactly, and they're also in multiple languages, too. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely a thing that brings me strength, is thinking back to uh, history and realizing, like, this isn't new. It's overwhelming and scary but you know people have done this before and um it's not reinventing the wheel and going there's a real a book that i really like it's called um it's called this is an uprising uh by mark and paul engler and it uh gives like some really cool examples um one that i really like is the Otpor um in serbia it was like it's like a lot of like i was an Otpor translator no way, that's so cool. Wow. Dang. I work not for a translator. Um in Serbia. It was like it's like a lot of like I was not for translator. No way, that's so cool. Wow. Dang. I work a bit harsh, but I think what I keep hearing over and over again when people are talking about different things, uh, talking about uh is we keep losing that there's a lot of ageism in our movement and we've got to face it. We've got to face the fact that there are those of us who have 
I, in my own experience, 40 years of experience in the streets and, you know, tap on us. We'll be glad to share it. Um, you know, we've got, you know, Ellen was just talking about what she was doing with the super glue. You know, we've got Glenn was talking about what he's done the Philippines, you know, please, you know, please, you know, don't, don't write us off because we're, we're old. No, absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, I want to know who this, you say she's low IQ, but she's got a pretty strong position within our tax-funded ranks. I want to know who bred this child, who created this individual. I mean, all of them are now on, you know, terrorist watch lists. But who bred this individual is the question. Where are her parents? You know, where are her parents? And again, it's blurry, you guys, because we're hiding the identity of ourselves that are within these Zoom chats. We are sitting in on them. And it's taken a very long time to get their trust and for them to allow us to enter. These are their private conversations where they're sitting there and colluding about what they're going to do. Now, here is, here we go. Okay. Awesome. Well, great. Yeah. If you have to go, we're going to um, check in with the group closeout now, but yeah. Bye everybody. If you have to go. In the eighties, I became involved in uh, organizing called the pledge of resistance, which was looking at nonviolent direct action, civil disobedience, uh, trying to prevent an invasion of Nicaragua. And I'm sure some of you might've been involved in the pledge back in the days in the eighties. Remember how I've always said that Bolton scares the shit out of me. Right? I've told you that Bolton scares the shit out of me. This woman here, Lisa Fithian, is dangerous. She was the type of person that would go in there and begin these uh, movements uh, to throw cover for the atrocities conducted in Central America and in South America. I've told you the only reason that it scares me about Bolton is how the fuck can he sleep after what happened in El Salvador? And here she is talking about Nicaragua and what great stuff she did. Don't forget, she was also involved in Occupy Wall Street. And if you go to ToriSays.com and put in like BCCI or just the search word amalgamated bank, you will find that the DNC and more specifically, the military industrial complex actually moved this along. So um, you have to understand that these people are actually very, very dangerous and they don't take any well compromise or anything they've got a mission and they've been working on this for decades i remember when i told andy breitbart back in 2008 dude they're organizing um and they're pushing it because they want to push it full through they want to go full throttle they want to destroy this nation and so it began and i told him and even bannon made reference to him and breitbart talking about that conversation where bannon was telling him oh these are just kids laying out no, 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 it's nothing. And what Andy told him was the underground because remember, I caught a lot of these checks. I watched a lot of this money go through. And so these people are, are dangerous. I can't explain how dangerous this is. And it was in that work that I began to understand that the power we have is really in the streets. 
and that it's the popular mandate that we create in the streets that is going to force the politicians to do the right thing. So I stepped out of in-system work and went fully into the streets. And the more I was in the streets, the more I started to do direct action and civil disobedience, the more I began to see that there were other ways of living and being in relationship to people than in what I would call the dominant culture. I've really come to understand that um, this culture that we live in is, I know we're recording, but we're not on TV. I'll try not to curse too much. But I just have to say, the dominant culture that we live in is totally fucked. <laughs> and it's killing everybody. It's a culture of death, right, that's rooted Hey, stop. So you guys see that message, the truth rally. I don't know who's organizing it, but if it's anyone like a Jack Posobiec or whatnot, I wouldn't trust that shit as far as I can speak it. I would not do it. That is an IIA waiting to happen and they're going to make it look like grassroots. I told you they wanted another freaking, uh, you know, uh, second Charlottesville. This is it. And when Amelia yesterday was playing the video of them saying, oh, avoid Harry's bar because we don't want to go with the right wingers. That's code for go to Harry's bar so we can mess them up. And the DSA was in charge of that. The Democrat Socialists of America. So do not just listen to your president. Listen to your president. That's all you have to do. Listen to your president. This is what they want. They want people to have two sides the pro, the against, and they want you fighting. They want a Charlottesville 2.0 where you had right wing, left wing fighting. That's what they want. They want blood spilled. They want you guys to go. And I don't care who's funding it. If you can't see where the dollars are coming from, you do not go. If you decide to go, you're just an asset, an unwilling asset. Your president will tell you what's up. Your president may even applaud that group. But he can't. That's why. Remember when Charlottesville happened, he said there were good people and bad people on both sides. He's right. Because these are organized. Look at all the Black Lives Matter protesters. Think about it for a second. Think about it. Bannon's smart. He keeps his enemies very close. Don't underestimate him. Now, um, he's very smart. So um, I, I, I want you to think of it this way. Black Lives Matter. You have these underprivileged children, uh, teenagers, young adults that have been told how the white man's evil, right? Um, and these kids are very influenced and they believe that there is a, a strong prejudice. And I'm not saying that there isn't, but it's not that strong. So you have to think these, these kids are coming out to protest um, because they believe that they've been demoralized and they believe xyz the people that organize and start the dancing are these insane assets and then they attract other people this is why they start with their stupid artsy fartsy dancing oh let's do graffiti on the walls and the floor let's have a party right so people can come and say yeah let's go have fun and protest and then as they're protesting, the real operations kick off. That's where the U-Haul trucks with bombs come in. That's where the guns come in. That's where the stabbings come in. That's where the fires start to get lit. That's where stores get broken into. And then these impoverished people are like, well, you know, it is a free Gucci bread handbag. So let me get it. So if you guys know anything, 
The president would tell you what's up. You want to fight for the truth? He's like, fund us so we can get lawyers. We need money. We need to do this. We need to do that. He will tell you, listen only to your president. You fall into the trap thinking that you're going to this rally because it's been organized. You have to look where the money's coming from. These people are assets. Remember, he's some of these people started the whole rape Melania thing and all this other stuff. You have to be very, very careful because look, a lot of them, that are on these Zoom chats work for the federal government. Come on, man. They're SESs and they're working for the government and they're plotting on how to create this nice coup d'etat and violent coup. Are you kidding? You're going to trust some loser that you know is a loser or any loser or anyone that you might be like, well, they're good people. They might have been tricked into thinking it's okay. That's a fact. In what I call like the four supremacies, white supremacy, male supremacy, wealth supremacy, and Christian supremacy. And the other thing I've learned over the years is inside, outside, you know, I want to see radical change. I'd like to see the state come down as we know it, but it's not going to happen like that. And so while we're creating the alternatives, there will still be in-system things that have to happen. And we're seeing it around police right now, which is fantastic. But I want to always make sure that we're working intentionally inside and outside, because again, it's very easy for the people on the inside to, um, to throw away the people on the outside, to use them, but then to cut the deals. And we can't have that either, right? So how are we always in right relationship? And how are we, especially those of us that are white, or those of us that have power in institutions or labor, how are we not continuing to set ourselves, but using our energies as accomplices to support the voices of the people who are on the front lines right now? All right. So I'm seeing a couple of questions, um, references on the history of affinity groups. Um, so I've been like looking into, um, can't recall, it's, it's a group out of the UK, but um, there's examples of uh, like coal-fired coal power stations being blockaded for days. Um, I'm trying to think. I know the... The UK? The UK? Um, talking about Ende Glende. That's probably what it is. I know... Did he just prop up... Hold on a second. Did this loser... Hold on, let's take a look at... Damn, did he just prop up his like degree just on a pillow so people can see it? He did. He propped up his degree on a pillow so people can see it. Can you see that, guys? Damn. <laughs> and he's got a diaper genie, too. Interesting. Let's just um go a little bit forward. He's or uh is going to be plugging into shutdown different ways. Um, Lisa Fithian is one of the core members of the Disruptions Working Group, and she wrote a book uh, called Shut It Down um, that came, came out last year. And uh, David Graber, who's part of our like, kind of bigger social network, um, and very unfortunately passed away uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, wrote a book called Direct Action, um, uh, which is a in ethnography on direct action is, is um, uh, an amazing book uh, about uh, kind of the history of direct action in, in, in North America 
And if you really want to take a deep dive um, into some of the history, you know, um, there's I a, can't a with called, the degree uh, just wrapped uh, up there. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> can't can't remember the name. Um, something a good company. Is that um, his bedroom? That would be really sad. a good company. Uh, um, about the, the the Spanish the Spanish Civil War, um, and yeah, th those are all in the chat right uh, right above uh, uh, Catherine. Oh my God, so, he looks insane. Um, He's the type of person. And wow, he looks crazy. That's the same dude with the fire. No. Here we go. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll hop in there, uh, Kiki. Um, thanks so much for creating the space and, and um, to BLMDC for or, like organizing this because this was a really amazing training. Um, so um, yeah, we, we uh, um, have been in uh, dis you know discussion for a couple months about uh, how to respond to different contested election scenarios. And um, uh, the, the first step is that we, we think that we need to start the, the post-election phase in the streets. So we're inviting people to come to BLM Plaza um, anytime after 4 p.m. on election night. And um, we're gonna watch what's going on together. Um, and uh, we'll have a bunch of go-go bands, we'll have Step Africa, we're gonna have lots of uh, um, you know, uh, different different performers, and, and we're going to watch what's happening and respond in, in real time. Then, for the next, you know, the, the first uh, phase after the election is we we need to be ready to respond to like you know to to do whatever it takes to uh, defend democracy. So um, on uh, on the the fourth, we're inviting people to come to BLM Plaza at. Uh, at 1 p.m., we're going to go out and figure out who is um, undermining the election, uh, stopping the vote, voting count, making sure that like disenfranchising uh, black folks all over the country, and we're going to go like knock on their doors. Uh, on the fifth, we're going to uh, shut down the White House. On the sixth, we're going to shut down uh, larger parts of Washington D.C. And then the following week, um, I mean, like all the mainstream groups are going to come to D.C. and try to have a march on the 7th. So that's a Saturday and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but then, the, you know, the following week, Congress is planning on coming to town and passing laws again and like having business as usual. And we're saying there's, if, if we're in a coup, there's no time for business as usual. Um, we need to shut members of Congress that are coming in. Um, we're going to meet them at the airports or at Union Station um, and send them back to where they came from until we deal with the, the situation that we're in. Um, and uh, and then, you know, if, if we need to go to Capitol, if enough of them get in and we need to go to Capitol Hill um, uh, that, that week, we'll, you know, we'll do that too. Um, and we're coordinating all this through a spokes council process, which is a directly democratic process where affinity groups are coming together to coordinate with each other um, um, and communicate with each other. So uh, our next spokes council meeting is on um, this Thursday in BLM Plaza. Uh, and if you haven't been to a meeting before, you should come at six o'clock. And if you've been to a meeting before, uh, we're going to kick off uh, where we uh, left off uh, last week um, at seven o'clock. So um, um, folks can also, we recognize folks can't necessarily participate in, in meetings in person. Um, so there's an online component of that as well. Um, 
and we, we encourage folks to to join us in, in in the conversation and and figure out how we're going to respond to all this together. Now, let me tell you something. A lot of people are like, well, you know, they're probably using some really advanced technology to communicate, right? And I would say, yeah, you would guess that. You would guess that. But here's the deal. This is this is what they didn't anticipate. So as Milia said many times, we've been infiltrating this movement for a very long time, gaining trust, moving up, you know, and like, I'm going to show you that video again. I'm going to show it to you again so you understand how this is done, right? When you know, I'm going to show you that video again so you understand we've had to use uh, great technology. You can't believe anything you see these days. These glasses aren't even real. Neither is my face. All this stuff was 3D tracked on using these dots that I drew on with this marker. Actually, the marker isn't real either. Neither is the background. Or my face. Have a good night. This is a PSA. You can't believe anything you see these days. So one would say, why are they so brazen and how are they getting away with this? In Zoom calls, that's like dumb. Weren't Zoom calls hacked with, uh, you know, perverts um did i show you that did you guys see the video no you didn't oh gosh darn it damn i was in the wrong place wasn't i okay let me start this over you have to see it so you understand how a couple years of work worked okay this is how it worked i can't believe anything you see these days these glasses aren't even real neither is my face all this stuff was 3D tracked on using these dots that I drew on with this marker. Actually, the marker isn't real either. Neither is the background. Or my face. Have a good night. This is a PSA. You can't believe anything. Could you imagine how I look like as a soy boy? I mean, I wouldn't prop my degree or have a diaper genie in the way. But, um... The, the, the one thing you need to understand is, is that all of this time... Okay? all of this time that there's been observation, nothing is leaked and they didn't know how, what, when, who, anything. So they they made one error. That Zoom call that where they were talking about violence, where they were talking about having guns and how guns, you know, those that have the guns win the war. And this was important. They made this mistake because they had Maria Stefan on there. And that's key. And why? I've been saying it, and I was like, why are they talking about Maria Stefan and not, you know, anyone else? Well, Berge stated it just the way it should have been stated, which is, hold on, let me find his tweet. Let me just, let me search Berge and Maria because he's been pretty active. I can show you. So, latest. <clears throat> oh, come on, Bergy. Where is it? I know I retweeted it. <laughs> now I have to look for it. Gosh, I know I did RT it because Maria Stefan is the most dangerous one, but he put it so eloquently because this is how important it is to have a very good team. A very good team of people. There it is. Um, Sydney Powell says that the 4225 mark in Bannon War Room interview that the hammer was moved from a government facility to the military industrial complex. Please tell me a more likely candidate 
than Clear Force, um, General Jones um, having it. Damn you, Bergie, where is it? Let me see. <sighs> and you're going to tell me, I'm pretty sure I retweeted it, didn't I? It would suck if I didn't, because I shoulda. Shoulda, woulda is different. Where's, let me see. Okay, um, damn. I'm still looking for it. Where'd you put it, Bergie? feel like calling him. I actually might. So um, one thing that um, people need to understand is that these people work for the federal government. This chick actually works for um, Esper. So did he like delete the, the tweet? Did he spell it wrong? Am I being tagged in freaking tiny dancers? Why is it not coming out? Let me see if Esper comes out. Pretty sure he talked about it. Or was it just us? There it is. Gavin Wentz. Did you know shut down DC TDS chick shown plotting a coup against POTUS works for Esper at some BS nonprofit institute for peace? I, I said that. And that's the thing. This is Jesper. She's part of the Atlantic Council. Uh, this is who she is. She works um, for him. For him. Remember, I wrote articles about Jesper and how he allowed people uh, to move things. This is a very thin file. This was actually updated uh, going through the Wayback Machine uh, with that link. You could probably find more information and actually without the underscore Maria Stefan. So um, I didn't retweet it. I could have sworn I did. Gosh darn it. So that's really important because I've been saying that Maria Stefan is dangerous. She is the most dangerous of them all. And the mistake they made was having her on that Zoom call because the mistake is what gave it away. And you weren't watching what I was doing. Here we go. <laughs> Here's the tweet. I just noticed that. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know. I was in the wrong screen, of course. So here's the tweet that he put out. Um... It's not, it's not my computer lagging. It's just me um, it being in the wrong screen. Because uh, this, is, this is different software I'm using. So it can be a lot easier. So I can see everybody's chats. Because I felt like I couldn't see DLive and it was a problem. So um, I changed it. So here we go. Um, where he says that she works at Esper at the Peace thing. Um, this is a thin file. Over here, you'll see wiki backslash Maria underscore Stefan. I would suggest on the Wayback Machine to look at it without the underscore and the underscore um, because that's how they change it. This was actually updated in September. This chick is fucking crazy. Okay? She's insane. Look at her. United States Institute of Peace is where she's at. That's part of the DOD. NATO headquarters, defense, uh, the, you know, the DOD. Um, she is dangerous, and she's part of this movement. And she was part of that video that Millie Weaver showed that's huge. She's also part of the Atlantic Council. So people don't seem to understand just how dangerous these people are. They think they're just soy boys and they're Antifa. And this is why I loathe bad reporting, especially from people that are on shows, you know, saying things like, oh, you know, these are just Antifa idiots. No, don't call them Antifa. Let me tell you how this is. There's Antifa. That's to bait you. Those are the crazies. Those are the top. First line mercenaries, the disposables, 
Then you have these people, the people that are on the Zoom calls. They are disposable as well, okay? The error that they made was showing Maria Stefan because now the Department of Homeland Security and Secret Service understand uh, that all those employees, because they thought it was so safe, two years they've been chatting and plotting and no one said anything, right? It was totally safe for them. They came out on camera and we caught them. That was what we were waiting for. Corrupt people seem to get cocky when they're getting away with shit. So here it is where they didn't get away with shit, where we caught them dead to rights and the whole world can see it now. But what it did was, remember how it's explained how people spy on people? So like the soy boy with the cat genie and his degree propped up on a pillow to show you he's educated, that guy. So if he's been in contact with Maria Stefan, that's one level up, right? So they get to see all her shit. Now, if Maria Stefan's been in contact, I don't know, with, um, I would take a wild guess, like the undersecretary of the Department of Defense, right? Then those communications would also be seen. Oh, and if she's been in contact with anyone in Congress or the Senate, then those communications will also be seen. And then when that senator, you know, that had communication with Maria Stefan, well, that would be level two. Uh, we would be able to see his communications. Do you see how that works? One, two, three. So from the first point, we see Maria Stefan's from, because of the guy at the video and we know that they've interacted. So now we get to see her shit. Then point two is Maria Stefan and everyone else she's worked with. Point three is everyone she's communicated with. That includes people at the Atlantic Council, Brookings Institute, Congress, Senate, and even two individuals that may be floating around the White House cabinet. So this is how they operate. So this is how you find them. And they fucked up and that was it. They slipped. We needed that one person. And the thing is that the media isn't even talking about it. I was shocked that Bannon didn't speak about her. He talked about Lisa Fithian because he was familiar with her work. But Maria Stefan is dangerous. Because that means that really high level people and global influence is involved. And with her position as an SES, that means there's been some money going. And I'm going to tell you something. Our attorney general has been very quiet. And I, I even someone said, where's Barr? I think it was yesterday, the day before. And I retweeted and said, he's been busy, 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 busy. That's what's up. So, you know, sit back, don't go to any protests unless the president tells you, come down, let's have a rally for the nation. Then you go. If someone says, yo, we're getting together. You know what? Do you remember that Google thing that Jack Posobiec tried to do? What if I told you there's receipts on who funded that? That's what's up. And sometimes they don't even tell them that it's receipts. Some people, they organize things thinking that the money's coming from one place, but it's actually coming from another place. Hmm? And smart people keep their enemies really, really close because they contain themselves because they want to know and they're in the know. So the fact that our administrations, FBI and DOJ have been kind of quiet that should tell you everything you need to know. But on the other hand, wait, we had some not so quiet people. Here, let me show you. Mm -hmm. 
As votes continue to be counted, U.S. Cybercom and NSA NSA Gov teams continue standing the watch, countering foreign adversaries to seek to interfere with our electoral process. Together, blah, 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 blah. People at cyber, only these people can can reply. So only the people he tagged can reply to his tweet. Oh, he doesn't want to be blown up. I get it. Thank you for your continued efforts on enduring priority safeguarding our elections, along with CISA Gov at FBI and our government and industry partners. We continue to defend our nation's essential process of democracy from foreign threats. Hold on. Let's see. Today is the day. The number one focus, number one effort, number one activity and NSA Gov is safe, secure election. So he wasn't quiet on election day. He made it pretty clear. Um, the general made it ple- pretty clear. I mean, he did activate uh, the CyberSec guard in Tennessee, so that's important. Let me let me see the other one because I was trying to find it. Is this it? Where is it? I saw it. No, where is it? Man, maybe it was from the general. Oh, this is nice. Have you seen this? You gotta see it. Today, space is essential not only to our way of life, it's absolutely critical to the modern way of war. GPS, ATMs, cell phones, gas pumps, traffic lights, power grids, guided missiles, surveillance, RPAs, ground combat control. There's no such thing as a day without space operations. You just don't see them. Earth is only half the battle. Cyber attacks and jamming of our satellites microsatellites that can create a debris field. At 17,000 miles an hour, a piece of metal the size of a coin can be weaponized. Now is the time for a military branch with a clear and singular focus on space. A military branch that protects the hopes and dreams of America and our way of life as the space domain becomes more and more contested. It's time for another giant leap. The United States Space Force is being built from the brightest minds across the space operations of the Air Force, our joint services, and the private sector. We aren't just getting ready for the near future, we're getting ready for the 22nd century. When our enemies ask, what if, we will have an answer. When foreign powers can build bases on the dark side of the moon, when private companies are inventing a new economy beyond our planet, We need to stay one step ahead of the future. The future is where we'll make history. We will fight in an environment with no up or down, no left or right, where there are no borders and nowhere to hide. Our space force is defending our country on Earth, wherever our mission takes us. As commerce and exploration expand, we will imagine the unimaginable, anticipate the inconceivable, and prepare for the impossible. We won't just think outside the box. We'll think outside the atmosphere. In one of the most challenging environments ever known.
See, the NRO used to do cool stuff like that. Now it's got a name. How badass is that? October 29th. The sky is not the limit. That's a really big tell, and we're going to talk about Antarctica soon, so we'll have more on that. But what the idea, what people need to understand about Space Force is, is I've told you, if you're on the toilet right now watching, they can go right through, like you said, a coin, something the size of a coin can be weaponized, and there is nowhere to hide. They see everything from the moon. <laughs> everything. So look at their little Space Force pumpkin there. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. All cybersec, and that's it. Law and order necessary. Let's check out Corey Lewandowski, who has been... Um, I, I'm not following him on this account. See, this is how I find people. <laughs> All right, let's see what he said an hour ago. Ooh, let's see what the what's going on here. You're a private lawyer and acting in this. I mean, the order's pretty clear. I've been a lawyer for 30 years. What, what's, what, okay. Can you tell us what's unclear about it? You're a private I'm, lawyer and acting in the government. Lawyer the Great. The city is evaluating it, and I can't tell you anything more than They're that. evaluating a judge's order? Yeah, what the order means, and when they're ready to talk to you about it, they will. But I can assure you but they're not violating under any... The order is currently in effect. What are they scared of? You guys had eight attorneys. I think it was eight attorneys entering your appearance on this. I don't understand why eight attorneys need to evaluate this order. I did it all by myself. It says that no later than 10.30 today, you're to follow the election code, and we, my people, my clients representatives are to be within six feet of the process. We have read the order, and we are complying with the order, and we will discuss it with you in, in a bit. Yeah, the compliance is six feet. I mean, the order is pretty clear. I've been a lawyer for 30 years. What, what's, what, can you tell us what's unclear about it? You're a private I'm, lawyer and acting in the government lawyer capacity. Who represents the city. Great. The city is evaluating it, and I can't tell you anything more than They're that. evaluating a judge's order? Yeah, what the order means. And when they're ready to talk to you about it, they will. But I can assure you that they're not violating under any... The order is currently in effect. They're not violating you guys had eight attorneys. I think it was eight attorneys entering your appearance on this. I don't understand why eight attorneys need to evaluate this order. I did it all by myself. It says that no later than 10.30 today, you're to follow the election code. And we, my people, my clients representatives are to be within six feet of the process. We have read the order, and we are complying with the order, and we will discuss it with you in, in a bit. Yeah, the compliance is six feet. This, I mean, the order is pretty clear. I've been a lawyer for 30 years. What, what's, what's so I played this a couple of times. So why aren't they letting them in? If it's clear, what would be the problem and who is the private law firm that she's working for? Let's take some wild ass guesses. Want to make a bet? Probably like Perkins Coie, probably like SCAD, probably like who? Who else would it be? Right? It's all the corrupt ones. So as you see the things unfold tonight, uh, look out for reports of a phone call that should be coming in soon. Oops, people are seeing. Oh, he sent me the tweet. Yeah. I was hoping that he was going to send me some good stuff, Gavin, on uh, other stuff. People saw my messages. I'm not too bothered. NSA watches them all the time. 
So I'm going to leave you with a nice song, a nice cover. And I want you guys to know that if anything breaks, I will be live. Make sure you have those little bells on, on Facebook, Periscope, D live and my new YouTube channel. Well, it's not new. It's old. Um, because the world is literally on fire and everyone is very angry at president Trump because uh-huh, the lion party is coming out with teeth. And so I will be on later. And on that note, let's listen to this really nice jam. I already posted it in the telegram room. Uh, and it's a cover of course. She's taking her time thinking of the reasons To justify all the hurt inside Yeah, she knows from the smiles and the look in their eyes Everyone's got a theory about the bitter one They're saying mama never loved her much And daddy never keeps in touch that's why she shies away from human affection But somewhere in a private place She packs her bags for outer space Now she's waiting for the right kind of pilot to come And she'll say to him She's saying I would fly you to the moon and back If you'll be If you'll be my baby I've got a ticket for a while If love was red, then she was colorblind. All her friends, they've been tried for treason in crimes that were never defined. She's saying, Love is like a barren place, and reaching out for human faith is like a journey I just don't have a map for. So, baby, gonna take a drive, push the ship to overdrive. Send a signal that she's hanging all her hopes on the stars But a pleasant dream Just saying I would fly you to the moon and back If you'll be If you'll be my baby I've got a ticket for a world where we don't belong So would you be my baby? Mama never loved her much and Daddy never keeps in touch That's why she shies away from human affection But somewhere in a private place She packs her bags for outer space Now she's waiting for the right kind of pilot to come I would fly it